Ask Gregory is a financial podcast from the guys who bring you winning at life with Gregory Ricks. Something that's come up on the show over the last 10 years is that if you're not at your old job, maybe your 401k shouldn't be either. But do you really know why we say that? It's a funny thing. We put a few hundred bucks in our 401k every month. It ends up to be thousands of dollars every year, hundreds of thousands of dollars over our career. And you don't really know that much about it. How do you invest it? How do you diversify? What do you buy? What do you avoid? You've got a financial situation and you're not quite sure what to do. Ask Gregory. Ask Gregory is our new podcast with these financial topics broken down into specific little chunks. So if you have a financial situation or you just want to learn more about money, Ask Gregory. Find the Ask Gregory podcast on the Winning It Life app or wherever you get podcasts. Investment advisory services offered through AE Wealth Management, LLC. The firm is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. That felt good. That one felt good. All right, Richard Elmore, nice to have you. Holy shit, here he is, everyone. We can officially start the show because the Doug Shelby has arrived in the chat room. The Doug Shelby. The gorgeous Fidgety Aura, thank you for joining us. Lovely Cindy, David Brown, thanks for coming on in. Uncle Dale and his power stasher here. If you see Uncle Dale... In Austin, Texas, rub his mustache for good luck right through the 4th of July. Jeff Steve Garvey, he'll hit a home run for you. Lala B looking lovely tonight. D Worm, Bielzebrad, Brown Dwarf, nice uh, to have you all here. I'm racing here because we got like 30 seconds. Steve Wolf, the gorgeous dirt road. AZ Man, how are you? Snacks, always a pleasure to have you here. We're going to run out of time. Bonjour, Pascal. Comment ça va? Merci beaucoup pour le super chat. All right, uh, or Shat Super, pardon me. Ruger Ridge, thank you for joining us. Black Dragon, Semper Fi to you, the former Marine. We love our Marines around here. We got like five seconds left. We're going to rock and roll right now. Horns up. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on TalkStream Live, Odyssey Radio, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Listen to us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora, plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a power show for you tonight. We are bringing in a major panel to talk about some major UFO news about to break in the United States. Then in hour number three, we'll head to the swamp with another spooky story from Swamp Dweller. Then... Continue with the UFO report with Fedora John. Shirky Poo's got the news. 
The news that is about to hit the world may very well go unnoticed. But those of us involved in the field of UAP, it's our job to make sure the majority of you know what is truly happening in this world. The United States Congress is on the eve of holding the first public hearings on UFOs in over 50 years. Many politicians seem upset to learn that the UAP subject is real and being withheld by the military branches and the Pentagon for decades. Many are opening up to the fact that we may, indeed, not be alone in this universe. Joining us tonight are experts in their field. We have communication specialist and journalist Bruce Claggett from Zeland Communications, activist Victor Vigiani, insider and former CIA member Dr. Bob McGuire, researcher and author Michael Huntington, and from MUFON's board of directors, we have our good friend Tom Whitmore with us tonight. Gentlemen, I want to say a big thank you for coming together on short notice because of this historic night. And Victor, I want to start with you because you, Bruce, and I, we're the Canadian content here. And you are somebody who, for almost 40 years now, have been an activist in ufology, trying to get something like this done. You went through it in 1992. Now, 30 years later, here we go again. I'm going to get you to unmute your mic there, Victor. Okay. Yeah, it's been quite a chronology, uh, David, and it, uh, that chronology beginning back and as far as I'm concerned, when I first did uh, the radio program Strange Days Indeed with Errol Bruce Knapp, some of the uh, the more traditional listeners will, will uh, remember that. As far back as then, we began to use the word uh, disclosure, and uh, I attempted to inject that word into the narrative to begin with. And was firmly castigated by everybody on UFO updates, uh, on, in, in MUFON, and in a number of jurisdictions, critically, critically uh, lambasted for using the word disclosure. And uh, here we are, you know, many, many years later uh, on, on the verge of uh, what many people would call the ultimate form of acknowledgement. I'm not going to call it disclosure, but we are definitely in a period of total acknowledgement within the whole realm of this UAP issue. So over the last 35 to 40 years, that kind of um, information that I have been involved in and attempting to put forward within the media and within the, the political realm has now become uh, a reality that we're all dealing with right now. So it's been a really quick fast forward for me, David. So, you know, you take a look back to 1985 when I first started and to 2017 and to where we are right now in 2022, it's been a real head whip for everybody. Very and there's a number so. of issues uh, that we have to deal with in that chronology and how it all happened politically, uh, within the intelligence community, and a number of other uh, realms that we have to discuss tonight. So it's really been a, a whirlwind, and we're finally at a point now where we can actually say that the political realm within the United States, I must say, uh, and even in Brazil is another part of it too, uh, is actually dealing with this issue on a frontline, mainstream way. We have a lot of work to do, but still, right now, uh, tomorrow, 
those of us who want to be plugged into this issue should be plugged into it by watching the, the hearings tomorrow morning at 10, a, 10 a.m. here Eastern Time. So it is a big step forward. We still have a lot of work to do, still a lot of questions to ask, a lot of mistrust within the media, a lot of mistrust within the UFO, UAP research community. But the fact of the matter it is we are in a place now where we've wanted to be for the last 75 years. Well, let's bring in from MUFON's Board of Directors, Tom Whitmore here. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. And playing off of what Victor says, you've been in this a long time now, and you have seen everything. We're getting a little bit of feedback here, guys. I don't know who who it's from. I'm just trying to find the speaker here for it. All right. Sorry about that. Tom, you've been in the game long enough to know, and you've seen the, the song and dance between the United States government, and, and you've talked to insiders on both sides of the ledger. I mean, for you, what does these congressional hearings mean as a, not only a UFO enthusiast, but as a member of MUFON as well? Well, it's, it's very exciting. There's just no way of getting around that. And it's historic in that it's entirely correct that it's been some 50, 52 years since the last congressional hearings on UFOs. So this is a huge opportunity, uh, I think, for Congress to try to make some headway against the Pentagon. And they can actually call these guys on the carpet, so to speak, and get them on the record uh, you know they bet they better not lie when they're talking to the Congress people. Now, there's going to be a classified briefing or a classified hearing, I'm sure, afterwards or at some point. But from a public standpoint, I think it's it's absolutely fantastic that the mainstream media can't avoid this and they can't act like it doesn't exist. It's here. It's real. It's reality. Well, I want to bring in Bruce Claggett here because Bruce is my insider to all things media, and I've known Bruce for almost 20 years now, worked with him. He's a former journalism instructor. He now the owner of BFC Communications out of Vancouver, British Columbia. Bruce, when you and I have talked in the media about this before. Yeah. We've always talked about the lack of transparency and the lack of emotion that a lot of news outlets have really strive to take on this topic but this time you know i realize we're in canada but there is a lot of momentum and and stories that come out of the united states how does the media have to react to this story that is coming out well dave uh simply put it cannot be ignored and it can't be ignored for several reasons uh the first reason is uh it is news if you go through what makes news it uh, checks all the boxes uh, it's got um, uh, freshness, it's got uh, proximity, it's got uh, ramifications, impact, um, all those things that determine a news story. They're there right now. And also it's got validation and credibility. When it goes before uh, the U.S. Congress in a, uh, in a hearing, in a committee hearing, uh, it's got a reason for that happening. The fact it's a public hearing means the public needs to know. So journalists pick up on those type of things, and whether they're in the United States, Canada, or anywhere else in the world, they're going to be paying attention. Is it going to be everybody? No. 
But, uh, you know, this is the first time since, what, 1966? So that's going on. Uh, I heard people saying 50 years. Well, I'm 55, and I was born in 67. So it's like 56 years. So it's been uh, quite a long time since uh, this level of actual concern and credibility has come forefront. How does the media have to tackle this subject, Bruce? Because there's going to be those who take it like a regular news story. There's those who are going to investigate it further. And then there's going to be those who play it off and dismiss it that the weirdos are, are you know, wearing too much tinfoil again. Right. Yeah, Dave, we've talked about this in the past. And uh, one of the things that's always kind of bothered me is uh, whether it is uh, tackled as a real story and uh, nobody's making any, any conclusions here. It's a story based on questions, uh, and that makes it a story. Or whether it's going to be tra- treated as kind of that kicker story at the end of a newscast, which uh, for far too long, in my view, it's been kind of like, you know what, we're going to dismiss this. Nobody really cares. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like the joke. And hey, uh, what about uh, in alien news? In UFO news, oh, ha, ha. And we've got to get past that point, and I think we're making strides in getting past that point. All right, let's bring in Michael Huntington here, author and researcher of everything paranormal and supernatural. And, Michael, your first words of the night, how excited are you about these hearings? Well, as a a longtime researcher and a a UFO nerd, a UFO uh, news junkie, it's certainly exciting. Uh, you know, whenever you have these, you know, the, these media, uh, you know, these media focus events, you know, and, and we've had several of these over the past uh, uh, couple of years. It, it, it sort of galvanizes the community. It sort of, uh, you know, gets everybody excited. It, it, it diverts us from uh, all the camp uh, tribalism and, and fighting uh, that goes on. It gives us something to focus on, you know, that is actually you know, about the subject. So it, it, it's beneficial in that respect. Um, I, I'm cautious. Uh, I, I know the history of this subject. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time since there's been hearings, but uh, uh, certainly the United States military and the intelligence community uh, has been active in this subject uh, over the past 75 years. And a lot of it has been been sort of manipulative. And, uh, um, you know, so as a researcher within the community, I'm, I'm cautious. Uh, you know, in the 90s, we had the, uh, you know, the Roswell uh, report that came out. And people were excited during that time period. You know, we during that day and age, you know, we, it was alien autopsies and Roswell and, and everything was sort of hyped up during that period as well. And then, you know, the report came and it was sort of a big letdown. And it sort of, you know, pushed a lot of people out of the subject, I think, in a lot of ways. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I will be watching. I will be tuning in. I will be uh, looking for some uh, intriguing answers. But uh, I don't know if we'll get any. I think we'll get a lot of, uh, you know, political intel speak. I know there'll be a lot of discussion about uh you know, air safety and security and that sort of thing, uh, whether or not they're going to get into the issue of, you know, extraterrestrial visitation, uh, government cover-ups over, you know, seven or eight decades, uh, I highly doubt it. But uh, 
we'll see what happens. Maybe this will be the first of many hearings. Uh, maybe this will be it. We will see. And finally, Dr. Bob McGuire, known as Science Bob around these parts, you know, we bring you in here because you know a lot of the players in the game. You've been there on the inside. You've been there on the outside looking in now. I mean, knowing the politicians you have spoken to about this subject and the insiders that you have talked to off the record, that conversations that will never become public, how do you look at these hearings? Is this a big day, not only for the United States, but the world? Okay, so uh, it is a big deal because it's the first time uh, these Pentagon officials, which we will name in a minute, will uh, be called before Congress and ask questions, and you just do not go before Congress and lie because it's a felony. All right, so that's a big deal. Uh, And Ron Moultrie is the Pentagon's top intelligence person. He's the leader of all intelligence gathering operations and all of the three-letter agencies that are defense, ag- defense agencies work for him under the, his, his control, even if they have military commanders. For example, the National Security Agency has a four-star general. So, but these military agencies, they are their activities inside of the Pentagon are coordinated by the Pentagon's top intelligence official, along with all of the service intelligence agencies. And Scott Bray is the deputy director of the Naval Intelligence. So Moultrie and Bray will be testifying. And I am certain to, to almost complete certainty, beyond a reasonable doubt, that they are guilty of never having been exposed to the insider secrets. They are not exposed to the insider secrets because I believe and have believed for a while and have some knowledge that the way this cabal works is it's an informal collection of people who choose new members as members roll out and they work at very high levels in the government and control large swaths of the budget inside the intelligence community and the Pentagon. And this method, which is, and then it's like a secret society. It's like uh, uh, you're a member of a, 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 t- a temple or, or a fraternity or whatever that's a secret society, and that's how they run it. And so it's not an official on-the-record thing. It's run kind of as this secret society, and these people are fighting like mad to keep the secret, but I believe they are losing. So I believe there have been lots of retirements and and people leaving this little cabal, and the people that are coming in are not as hard-nosed as the people who were in there before. And I also believe there's all sorts of negotiations going on about something akin to truth and reconciliation. And this truth and reconciliation is not going to be complete like it was, say, in South Africa at the end of apartheid. And that's because each of every person inside the United States can file a lawsuit against anybody they want to. So there's going to have to be a lot of stuff, groundwork laid for people to come out. Please notice there's not a single Air Force official coming to testify. The Air Force is still trying to do a cover-up. So, uh, uh, and this is one more thing, and I'll let Victor jump in. Um, Lou thinks it's going to be a a big deal, and I am looking for one thing, and one thing only, 
they are not from a power on earth that we are aware of, and they're not ours. If I get that, which immediately goes to is something like extraterrestrial, I will be completely happy. Go ahead, Victor. I, you know what, I cannot agree with you more. Uh, it's, it's very rare that I, I, I agree with people uh, to the extent that what you what you've said. Um, it, it, this is this situation here is is exactly the way you framed it. Uh, these two pigeons uh, are are put up at right right now as the test case, and uh, and I'm, I use the pigeon uh, metaphor um, uh, advisedly because it's like you know is shooting clay pigeons out of the sky. They just crack when you when you when you shoot them, and they will fall apart because they know nothing or very little about this situation, and they're being put up. Uh, by this committee, and I'm not doubting this committee's work. I, I, please get don't get me wrong here. I think what we're doing here, uh, what they are doing here, is very, very important. But I think um, the problem is they've put up two clay pigeons to sort of test the waters. And what these two individuals, what Bray and and Moultrie are going to do, is sort of spoon out to the regular media, to the political entities that have an interest in this, what they want them to hear. And that's going to be virtually nothing with a capital N that they haven't heard before. So why are they doing this? What I think the committee is doing is setting up a framework whereby they can issue some sort of um, motivation behind why this has to become something more than what it is tomorrow. And the big issue is national security. And if this uh, hearing does anything, it will bring forward the issue of national security with respect to the UAP issue. Now, I don't like the issue of national security because it's embedded in a threat scenario and everything like that. So that's the problem. But this is a door opener for the many, many military and I think intelligence uh, uh, individuals that can come forward after this. So we've got this scenario where you've got the, these two individuals from the Navy and from the intelligence community putting forward ideas to the general public and to this community that might be salient, but there is so much more to this issue than what these two individuals are going to be able to bring forward. So is this a step forward or is it a step backward? I'm not quite sure. And how the, the committee actually manages or manipulates or handles these two individuals will allow ask gregory is a financial podcast from the guys who bring you winning at life with gregory riggs something that's come up is if you're not at your old job maybe your 401k shouldn't be either but do you really know why we say that ask gregory is our new podcast with financial topics broken down into specific little chunks so if you have a financial situation or you just want to learn more about money ask gregory find the ask gregory podcast on the winning at life app or wherever you get podcasts investment advisory services offered through ae wealth management llc the firm is not affiliated with the u.s government or any government agency. Ask Gregory is a financial podcast from the guys who bring you winning at life with Gregory Ricks. Something that's come up on the show over the last 10 years is that if you're not at your old job, maybe your 401k shouldn't be either. But do you really know why we say that? It's a funny thing. We put a few hundred bucks in our 401k every month. It ends up to be thousands of dollars every year, hundreds of thousands of dollars over our career. And you don't really know that much about it. How do you invest it? 
it. How do you diversify? What do you buy? What do you avoid? You've got a financial situation and you're not quite sure what to do. Ask Gregory. Ask Gregory is our new podcast with these financial topics broken down into specific little chunks. So if you have a financial situation or you just want to learn more about money, Ask Gregory. Find the Ask Gregory podcast on the Winning It Life app or wherever you get podcasts. Investment advisory services offered through AE Wealth Management, LLC. The firm is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. Was to understand what might come next with respect to this committee's opportunity and motivation Mm -hmm. to bring forward pilots and other military um, uh, individuals like the Air Force who want to step on the gas. uh, This won't happen. I know that's not going to happen. But what these individuals might do to bring forward real witnesses. I'm talking witnesses like Robert Salas, okay? And I'm talking about people who know what they're talking about, Stephen Bassett. These individuals who have a real grounding in this have an opportunity to become part of this narrative. And I think this is just a beginning and and, and not the end of these hearings. So so let let, let me add, Victor, that Andre Carson and Brittany Thompson have been very vocal about the Congress passed a law and they intend to see it. They intend to see the law followed. And it is clear to me, given the way the office has been constituted, that there's nothing but foot dragging going on, Mm -hmm. that the people that are really holding the secrets are fighting like hell inside to keep the secrets from coming out. So they put forward two people from the Pentagon to the committee, and I expect them to receive something of a raking over the coals. But but one thing that could surprise us Mm -hmm. is unexpected witnesses. That would be awesome. If we had Afterwards? unexpected witnesses during, to, during during tomorrow's meeting, if we uh, so I already know that Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon are up on mm-hmm. the hill. Okay, so we just we 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 really want to be on at nine a.m. Eastern on YouTube listening to these hearings, Dave. Well, gentlemen, we got fifty-five seconds before we got to go to break at the bottom of the hour, and we got a power panel of experts tonight in many different fields, all breaking down the UFO world. And and when we come back, guys, I want to get seriously into what we can expect tomorrow. And from a media standpoint, from a people, from people like uh, all of us who are interested in what is going on, does the word aliens come up? Does the word not of this world come up? We need to know what is going on. And we have a power panel for everybody out there tonight from Zeland Communications. We have Victor Vigiani based out of Toronto, Ontario, based out of Vancouver, British Columbia, journalism expert, Bruce Claggett from BFC Communications. We have Dr. Bob McGuire, a.k.a. Science Bob here from Spaced Out Radio, and of course, his time with the United States government. Author and researcher Michael Huntington is here, and he is great at what he does. And from MUFON's board of directors, Tom Whitmore, who needs to grow his mustache once again. (laughs) We'll be back with exciting times. What happens at U.S. congressional hearings next on Spaced Out Radio? All right, we're clear, gentlemen. Very cool. I could grow a mustache, Dave, but you wouldn't be able to see it. <laughs> That's all I got left. That's all I got left. 
I, 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 walked, I walked in the barber to shop today out. and the barber gave me a funny look. Yeah, I would really like to find out what, why Moultrie and, and, and Bray were chosen. So because they don't they aren't exposed to the core secrets. So they can go up there and say what they want and it will not be a lie. But don't you think the committee might know that? Oh, oh I'm I'm expecting the I'm expecting a boatload. We're off air, right? Well, I I'm mean, expecting, YouTube can still expect, hear us. I'm expecting a shitload of pushback. Oh yeah, 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 you can you can swear during the break. That's fine. Yeah, that's allowed. Uh, thank okay. you, Cindy, for that amazing super chat, uh, along with Ken, Lori, Doug, D. Cohen, Bob, Pascal, Lucy Bell, and Sally. We really appreciate the love and support. It's a good way to support what we do on this show. So thank you so much. And, gentlemen, uh, we can carry on some conversation here. we got a few minutes to go before we got to come back. Oh, it's just, there are just so many uh, levels of the – uh, this whole conversation it, it's coming forward in the in, in the midst of global chaos that's a that's a question that really i need to ask is you know you've got the ukraine happening the possibility of you know a nuclear exchange happening you've got the january 6th investigations coming up in june uh you, you know instability in the middle east how how is this issue coming forward in the way that it is does it have a power or a stability within itself to poke through all of that chaos and become a real issue within the mainstream media? That's the question that I really want to ask. Uh, well, I, I, I would say that at least uh, at a minimum, uh, we're dealing with an issue of national security concern and air safety. So, you know, the, the politicians that are involved with this, they're, you know, they, they sort of have at least a safety stance, Right. They can at least say that we're looking at this, you know, as a security issue, as a a safety issue, because if there are unknowns flying around, regardless of where they're from, regardless Mm -hmm. of what they are, if they're man-made drones, foreign drones, natural phenomena, whatever, it's something that we should know about. So I I think at least on that level, uh, the hearings are going to have that element. It's going to deal with, uh, you know, air safety. And I, I don't know if we'll hear the word aliens but we will certainly hear the word unknown yeah. a lot. Yeah, I think what, what you're alluding to is the fact that there are a multiple number of platforms that this issue could become a, 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 a huge mainstream issue with respect to what you just mentioned, yeah. uh, you know, in terms of, you know, air safety and all of that. And, and then you've got the idea of, of technology, these arcane technologies that are coming forward my question is what 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 are the platforms that will make sense to media that will make it as bright and shiny as someone alluded to earlier that will make it relevant news to everybody not just the people like you you know like us right now who are concerned yeah. about it i, I would lo- i would love to see the like lieutenant graves and a couple of military pilots talk about the near mid-air collisions or, or during the teddy roosevelt training and i'd like to see some civilian aircraft pilots and faa people come in and talk about the near misses that have happened like 10 times a month yeah if we get yeah, that but- stuff, the american people will wake up yeah. yeah, but as Victor was saying, you know, is that going to happen here? I, I don't I think hope. so. I, I think if there are subsequent uh, hearings, mm-hmm. uh, they will probably take place in other other committees. I think a Senate 
Intelligence Committee hearing probably would have more cachet, and that's where you would want uh, yeah. you know more powerhouse yep. uh, players and an FAA Safety Committee hearing. You know, so well maybe would be a good uh, place maybe that. maybe the House hearing is a trial balloon for the Senate. Uh, exactly, to see what okay. kind of reaction yeah. they get? Yeah, precisely. Well, and, and you know Warner and and uh, uh, Rubio and uh, they're both up for reelection. And Gillibrand right now is carrying a tunnel of water on this issue to insulate them from any blowback there is on this issue during their reelection. But the two of them, they are buddies with Chris Mellon. He worked for them when he was on, he, as a staffer on Mark Warner's committee. And so I'm just telling you that they're, they're behind it. But, of course, we got we got to get past the silly season for elections. All right, gentlemen, we yeah. got 25 seconds. Uh, Tom, a message from the Lip Blade down below. Uh, one rule to grow a mustache: when in doubt, grow it out. And uh, that's that's all I got to say on that. And uh, don't argue with it, Tom. Just let it flow, buddy. Just let it flow. Uh, thank you to all the veterans who have tuned into this show tonight. We much love and appreciate everything you've done. Here we go with the second half hour. Second half hour of Space Down Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Reminder, if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old Davey the favor hit that subscribe button our website is spacedoutradio.com we have a plethora of features for you rock out to Bumblefoot read up on Shirky Poo's Newswire check out our swag as well follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio Instagram at spaced out radio show and on TikTok at spaced out radio we continue on tonight with a power panel leading up to the u.s congressional hearings on ufos slated for the morning in washington dc joining us tonight dr bob mcguire former member of the cia from mufon mr tom whitmore michael huntington he is an author and researcher in this field Journalism and communication specialist Bruce Claggett and Victor Vigiani from Toronto Zealand Communications. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Let's hit it right off the bat. And Bruce, we're going to start with you on this one. I know that you, you are more following the professional journalism coverage of this story, but what makes the story during these public hearings? Is it about more UFOs over the, over the, airfields and, and military aviation places or is it do we need something more for the government or somebody to mention that these are not of this world well two different things first of all you need to have this hearing staffed by journalists who are actually looking for something that's going to amount to a story that's going to cut right through the news cycle uh if you haven't noticed, there is a war going on right now. And is this the number one story in D.C.? Nope. Is it one of the big stories in D.C.? Yes, absolutely. How do you bump it up? So that's going to be one of the big things. And is it going to happen tomorrow? Or is tomorrow going to be the first stage of opening up more questions for the future? 
And I think that's what we're going to end up seeing tomorrow. So when it comes down to what could be discussed, uh, yes, there are two different possibilities. Is it something that amounts to security, whether it's military security or just aviation security? There is an unknown and that has to be addressed. So that makes it news in itself. Anytime you talk about UFOs, as I said before, you're going to get something that uh, amounts to a keen interest because it is the unusual. It's another one of those little tick boxes on the is it newsworthy type uh, thing. And yes, it does tick it off. So yes, uh, anything that's different or unusual should make it newsworthy. Bruce, now I, I, you I have to. I want to cut you off right there because. A lot of our public who listens to this type of programming does not trust the mainstream media, okay? For whatever reason, we're not going to get into that big debate, yep. but there's always been a lack of press, a lack of coverage regarding the UFO phenomena. Quickly, in mm -hmm. like two minutes or less here, explain to us from a newsroom standpoint why this story has always seemed to fall on deaf ears. It comes down to validation, and uh, people, when they see or hear something that is different, perhaps a little uh, disconcerting, want to have somebody that's going to explain it who they trust. Who are those validators? Uh, for people that are in the know, it's going to be a little bit different than the general public. The general public is looking to leaders to come forward, the politicians that they trust, who say, hey, this is something. And once you start to bring in the validators, then it becomes more of a news story that the mainstream media kind of uh, gravitates toward. That's if you want to follow the uh, mainstream media. Remember, we're in 2022. Uh, mainstream media is not the be-all and end-all. I'm not saying it's uh, a mainstream media is great. I'm, I'm mainstream media. But there is a lot of other media that is specialized with experts who really can get into the, the knowledge behind these stories. And where you want to take people is a general mass audience into a specific area when they get that interest level. Start with the mainstream media, get people curious, get them uh, Google searching and looking for the experts, the type of people that we have on the panel tonight, Dave. Exactly. Thank you so much for that, uh, Bruce. Let's go to Michael Huntington here for a second, because there's a big debate on whether we will get anything or whether this is going to be a big foobar, much like the DIA report was last June 25th when it came out. And we heard about, you know, 144 cases, 143 were unexplained. I don't know if you had a good laugh like I did when it came down to that one report that was explained was a weather balloon. Balloon. Okay, I, I I saw the humor in that. I still think there was humor in that. But what do we need out of this public hearing? Well, um, you know that that's sort of the big question with all this. This, in a lot of ways, is political theater. Uh, you know, uh, Congress as a body uh, can get these questions answered in private if they want. They can probably get them answered more honestly in private, honestly. And, and there will be, you know, uh, a, a, a private component to this. This is not a full uh, open hearing. I think it's going to be sort of a mixture with this. And whether or not it goes past one day, 
Uh, you know, that's sort of an open question. It, it might go to two. You know, traditionally they will, you know, divide up the speakers or whatnot. So, uh, you know, th- th- this might be more of a, you know, politicians uh, uh, calling the, uh, you know, the military and the intel to the uh, to the carpet and, uh, uh, you know, demanding some answers. And uh, I-, I think what we'll get is a lot of air safety and national security uh, uh, stuff out of this. I don't think we're going to get big uh, disclosure re- disclosure revelations. We're not going to get any, you know, confirmation as a lot of people would want. Uh, you know, a lot of people are wanting different things out of this, and there's a lot of different expectations. Some people have big expe- expectations. Uh, you know, uh, there are UFO Twitter and disclosure activists that are literally celebrating this event almost as if it was like, you know, Christmas or the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you know, when in actuality, it's a, a you know a subcommittee hearing, you know, uh, on on this topic, and and that makes it interesting. Uh, what are we going to get out out of this? I don't I I don't think we're going to get, um, you know, any big sort of sweeping things. I, I think as the other panelists have said, uh, this is going to be sort of like a template. It's going to be, you know, uh, uh, how will this play out? How will the media uh, uh, deal with this? Uh, how will the military intelligence community? How are they going to answer some of these concerns? You know, what is their focus? Are they going to be uh, uh, responsive uh, 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 to what people are wanting, which is more information? You know, what, what about the other uh, encounters within that 144? You know, uh, maybe some of these committee members, you know, in secret, they've already got some, you know, more information on that. Uh, the public doesn't. Whether or not we will find out more information, that's that's sort of uh, up in the air. But I, I think at a at a basic level, uh, this is going to be, you know, a public relations PR sort of event for this subject. And I think it was sort of designed that way. This all came about from lobbying efforts over the past couple of years. And this sort of has been orchestrated in a lot of ways, you know, from 2017 to this point, uh, the intention for a lot of the activists, you know, Mellon and Elizondo, DeLong, and, you know, a lot of the other people have been moving towards this direction to have public hearings because they are validating in a way, uh, they keep the subject in the media and they promote the subject's legitimacy as a subject, uh, you know, in the limelight, they, it, it's a PR thing to get people interested and more activist and uh, demanding, you know, within this subject. So uh, uh, there's a lot of expectations. There's a lot of different uh, uh, agendas at play. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. It's certainly not going to be uh, uh, the day of disclosure or the day of con- confirmation. It is not going to be that. Well, let's get right to uh, Tom Whitmore here. Uh, Bob, I'm saving you for last because I know you're going to go and uh, drop the gloves on this. But Tom Whitmore, you've seen it from both sides here because you're highly involved with MUFON. MUFON has had discussions in the past with various groups and, and insiders from every walk of life regarding this subject. What do you think we can expect tomorrow during the congressional hearings? There are two things that I hope will have happened, Dave. I'm hoping that one or more of the committee members 
have read Brian Bender's article that came out on Politico, and I hope that they've read the very, very pointed questions that Chris Mellon put together. And if they go by those two, uh, they have some very good questions they can ask these DOD guys. For example, Brian Bender quoted someone saying that uh, they want to treat all UAPs as air trash. You know, they can ask them that. Are you all going to treat all UAPs as air trash? Another, another quote out of there is, it's going to be a small operation with a lead and two officials. That's what they're trying to get away with. You know, I think that the Congress people can ask, they, they can refer directly to these articles and these questions and just point them right at these guys and get them on the record to see what they say. Now, Mellon came up with some very, very pointed information. For example, uh, well, and, and I'll go over to um, uh, John Kirby, the Pentagon spokesman, and he's, he's on the record as saying that, quote, we are absolutely committed to being as transparent as we can with the American people about UAPs. Then the Navy chief of, the, uh, of intelligence, who's going to be at the hearing tomorrow, he, he wrote out a uh, directive that information obtained in whatever form and whatever source involving UAPs is classified. So we have a direct contradiction there. I, I'd like to see the Congress people confront them with these issues. And there, there are other very, uh, very, very important issues that are listed here. Very true. Okay, let's get over to Victor Vigiani. I know you've been an activist for a long time, but there is a reality that comes down to what the public will learn as of these hearings. Victor, what do you hope is slated, but what is the reality of what will come down? Your microphone is clicking out. There you go. Sorry, yeah, sorry. I think what the reality is, David, is that uh, you've got to put this whole thing in, 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 a, in a really, really broad context since 2017 and even before, but 2017. Ask Gregory is a financial podcast from the guys who bring you Winning at Life with Gregory Riggs. Something that's come up is if you're not at your old job, maybe your 401k shouldn't be either. But do you really know why we say that? Ask Gregory is our new podcast with financial topics broken down into specific little chunks. So if you have a financial situation or you just want to learn more about money, Ask Gregory. Find the Ask Gregory podcast on the Winning at Life app or wherever you get podcasts. Investment advisory services offered through AE Wealth management llc the firm is not affiliated with the u.s government or any government agency ask gregory is a financial podcast from the guys who bring you winning at life with gregory ricks learn the ins and outs do's don'ts rules and tools of the financial world so if you have a financial situation or you just want to learn more about money ask gregory find the ask gregory podcast on the winning at life app or wherever you get your podcast investment advisory services offered through ae wealth management llc the firm is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. 17, to me, was, um, you know, if you look at it in religious terms, uh, the Old and the New Testament, everything before 2017, I consider the Old Testament of, of, of everything. But then 2017 hit, and then now you've got the New Testament of what's going on. And that is such a, a revolutionary beginning to what we see right now. And this evolution of 
of things since 2017 is really, really instructive. And I think we have to pay attention to how it's evolved since 2017. And I think we've all alluded to things beginning with the New York Times article with Ralph Blumenthal and Leslie Kane and, and, and Helena Cooper. That, that began the New Testament of all of this. And that evolution is extremely important in understanding what's happening tomorrow morning. And, and, and all of the things that came about, uh, you know, after 2017 are so instructive. And they are sort of building blocks as to where we're going. None of the information that I think that we've got since 2017 is the be-all and the end-all of this information. But I think it's going to evolve to a point where, as been, you know, been alluded to, where the, uh, the mainstream media will recognize this issue as something that is extremely important. Much like what happened with uh, Robert Bigelow uh, on 60 Minutes. I think it was in 2021, I believe it is, in in May, when he came forward on 60 Minutes and said that he doesn't care whether or not people believe him that these things are extraterrestrial. He doesn't care about that. And that's the kind of attitude that I think that the, the people who really believe in this issue have to put it forward. And once those kinds of issues come into play within the hearing settings that's going to happen tomorrow, then eventually the evolution of this issue will become more and more salient, one brick at a time, within A, the general public, and the mainstream media. So what we're witnessing here is an evolutionary kind of process, not just a big explosion of information and a big, you know, huge reveal. So I think that's what we're part of right now. And I think we have to understand that and be careful with it. Not expect too much, but look at it as a building block as an evolution of information rather than a big sort of huge reveal that everyone's going to know everything about the off-world civilizations that are visiting us. And that's the next step in all of this. Science Bob, you know, there's a lot of questioning and conjecture that kind of goes into a hearing like this as to why it's necessary, who's putting it on, why are they putting it on? How do we know that this is going to be the the right way for this to be happening for not only the American public, but for the world as well, because UFOs are a world topic and not just an American issue. We'll get you to unmute yourself uh, there, Bob. Sorry about that. We do know that uh, multiple members of the committee, uh, what, what like all of these committees, uh, subcommittee meetings, when they call them, they get a preview of what they're going to hear and interact with with these people from the Pentagon. And they're pissed off. Now, they're not saying pissed off, but they are pissed off because they're publicly commenting about the crap they're hearing. So I'm expecting them to get some roasting over the coals of why they're not being implemented, why they're not implementing the actual law that has been passed in the National Defense Authorization Act. And how much funding is going in? How, are they going to get more than two people? Are they going to get enough? Are they going to get read into all the compartments? I'm expecting the the Congress critters like Schiff, Thompson, uh, 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 the uh, Andre Carson, and several of the Republicans. It's by It's by it's, it's 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 absolutely across the political spectrum. They are not going to let them get away with a nothing burger. And what we hope is it's pointed. We hope it's pointed questions about the, the poor performance of preparing the committee 
uh, that's gone today so far that they're publicly complaining about. And Schiff is the chairman of the House Select Committee on Intelligence, and he is pounding his fist, saying the American public has a right to know, and we passed the law that says so. Okay, so we just have to hope uh, they get a little put back on their heels, and when they get a little put back on their heels, somebody really craftily shoves a shiv in and gets something out of them. And there are a bunch of those people on that committee that are very good at that, and they, they, they you can expect it to be attempted We'll have to see how well they do. But I want, I want one thing and one thing only. They do not come from Earth as far as we know. If I get that, the rest of it can, I don't care. Who else is on the committee? I don't, I don't know the rest of the committee. I don't, I don't know all of them, but I've named you the important people. Andre Carson is the chairman of the mm-hmm. subcommittee. Uh, 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 Adam Schiff is the head of the House Select Committee on Intelligence, right. and there's a Republican minority members, and all of them are important people. They have they they know the nation's secrets, and so they are they they are pushing hard, and they're tired of being lied to. They're tired of it. I want to bring in uh, Bruce Claggett here because he does have to go at the top of the hour here. Bruce, normally during these types of political hearings, there is always the next day follow-up where there's information that's leaked. All right, can we expect information on this subject to be leaked or because it is highly sensitive and they are going to probably try and push this back into a defensive mode for the military, that do you see it being sealed right up? Oh, no, well, uh, it depends who you talk to. And uh, when you're talking about a leak, a leak from whom and to whom, uh, I would imagine that there will be uh, some after show in this. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're in the Canadian circle or in the U.S. circle. Politicians tend to act the same way, and people that follow them tend to look for complete candor. And if there is a lack of candor, and if people are not being satisfied, information will end up being leaked out. And they'll probably uh, end up leaking it out to uh, media that's following this in the know. And then something very interesting can start to happen. And that's where the mainstream media will follow some of the key media that are following this every single day and probably pick up on the stories. That's how it plays out. So when you have bombshells that uh, come out or don't come out, people who are um, not being, and we know this, it's you have to tell the truth in the committee um, or before a uh, congressional committee. That is the law. But you, to what degree are you going to be in the know and uh, and to what degree are you going to be completely candid? And uh, and if you're not, people are not going to be satisfied. There will be follow-up. Short answer, leaks, yes, especially if there's stuff that needs to come out that did not. All right. Thank you, Bruce. And we got three minutes to go. Michael Huntington, I want to give you the final words to this half hour as uh, we prepare to go into hour number two. I mean, you're somebody who's going to be following this intently like all of us are in the morning, when you look at the way the media has to portray this as a writer yourself, as a researcher yourself, how do we need this covered? 
Well, how we need it covered and how the media is going to cover it is going to be two different things. Largely, you know, the mainstream media sort of sees this as, you know, kind of a goof. There's that, you know, the, the full uh, broad spectrum of media sort of sees this as, you know, like a human interest sort of thing. You know, I, I think so far, aside from like Politico and people that are into the subject, it's sort of been, oh, ain't that interesting? We're having UFO hearings. You know, that that's sort of been the extent thus far. Uh, of the press. Uh, what I would like to see is I'd like to see, you know, it all laid out, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think there will be some evasion, uh, mostly because I think there's a lot of non-answers. I think there's a lot that they don't know, uh, especially the people that are going to be uh, 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 speaking. And I I think a, a lot of this will also be uh, moved to the private uh, you know the 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 secret uh, hearing that is going to occur after this. And I think that's where a lot of you know some of the answers that weren't weren't answered, the non-answers, because you know you can't lie to Congress, but you can give them a political non-answer. <laughs> you know you can sort of lie by admit uh, omission. You know you can leave things out. You can not say things. You can just you know claim ignorance. There's a lot of different ways to avoid answering a question. And we want questions answered, you know, and there's a broad spectrum of what those questions are. Uh, you know, some of us want to know, you know, what's the deal with the cover up? Is there a cover up? You know, do you know about, you know, the, the, the big question, the, you know, the big question, are there aliens? Well, you know, do we have bodies, flying saucers, you know, that sort of stuff. Absolutely. So. We all want to know that as we got about 45 seconds here. Bob, I'm going to bring you back here in the uh, next hour here. But one of the things that I want to hear some journalists ask, I want to hear, why now? What is the importance of this? Those two questions have not been asked and have not been answered properly. Why is it all of a sudden UFOs are a major hot-button topic for the U.S. government. There has to be something more than just they're in our airspace, whatever it is. And that is the question that we need the media to be focusing on going into this. We get the answers to that. It opens up every Pandora's box that is out there regarding unidentified aerial phenomena. We have the panel for another hour Bruce Claggett, we're going to say goodnight to you. Thank you so much. Michael Huntington, author, researcher from Zealand Communications. Victor Vigiani, Dr. Bob McGuire, and from MUFON, Tom Whitmore. We call him Uncle Tom around here. We love him. <laughs> Spaced Out Radio continues with Hour 2 next. Thank you, Bruce. Is Bruce still- is Bruce oh, thanks, guy. Yeah, Except thanks. he can't grow a mustache. <laughs> hey, hey, Bruce. Yes. Victor here. I really appreciate your understanding of the media stuff in this. And, and it's really, um, the, the, you have a very incisive way of looking at what makes news. And I think we need to, we need to really pursue that angle on this. And I'm not sure exactly how. Uh, uh, in 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 my, my comments on the first first part of the half hour when I get to my comments, I'm going to demonstrate <clears throat> to the audience that, how the media is manipulated by the Pentagon in using the very article Tom brought up. 
Yep. I'm going to demonstrate what happens. <laughs> Great. And you you can go look for yourself when I'm done telling the story of Tom's article. Okay. You mean in the next hour? Yeah. Yeah, in the next hour. Okay. Yeah. Do, you brought it up. Tell. I'm going to show you what happened. Okay. Gentlemen, thanks so much. Uh, thanks for having me on. You guys are great experts uh, in your field. I hope to uh, come back and play in your field again. Yeah, we it's all, It was always fun, Bruce. Take care. Nice to meet you. We need to do this nice again, Bruce. Uh, yeah, let's fun. do that, Thank Victor. You. For yeah, sure. absolutely. Good to meet you, Bruce. Good to meet you. Uh, Bob, I want to ask you a question. Yep. Can the congressional committees like go into closed session and then subpoena these yeah. pilots and anybody yeah. they want yeah. and make and make them testify. Yeah, but give, give, look, look, there's a calendar and there's a schedule. They're going to stick to the schedule, especially for this first one. And I agree with Victor and others. This is mostly a trial balloon, but I just want one thing for them to admit they don't they do not believe it's from Earth. If I get that, I'm a happy camper. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, and, and that leads the que- to to the question. You know, which case are we talking about? Are we talking about every event over the oh, course of history? Or are we talking yeah. about just military? Oh, we we, we, we need to not out? allow yeah. them. We need to not allow them to pull off the bullshit they're trying to do now, which is try to define UAP history as beginning uh-huh. in yeah. 2004. Yeah, we but, can't, but we Bob, can't, we can't Bob, go there what, with everything. Yeah, we can't what, go there with everything. Yeah. What What's the probability that uh, these these two guys uh, um, know the history? Uh, Ron Moultrie <laughs> and and Scott Bray. Do, what's do, the probability that they're going to the say that they're not from Earth? Zero. They know they they're they're coming because they know essentially zero. So what is what's the probability that they're going to say they're not from Earth? Well, somebody will have written a position paper that will uh, will constrain what they can say about their origin. I am certain origin is going to be asked about. I'm certain science and technology that has been brought to bear on this is going to be asked about. And dis- the description of the office and its current setup and what access they're giving, being given, are going to be asked about. I'm telling you, this committee has been very well prepped by Elizondo Mellon et al. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope they get after it. Well, I think I think really what it is, it's it's, it's a party starter in, in a lot of ways. You know, yeah. you know, it really is. And I, in, in some ways, I applaud the, the way they're, they're managing it. And think of it, I, I suppose, on the other side of the coin, if they would have started with, um, oh, let's say, you know, anybody who has any really deep inside information on this with respect to a researcher, like someone like Stephen Bassett or, or Richard Dolan or any of these researchers who've, who've done like decades of work, if they would have started with those individuals, I think that would have been a mistake. I think. I'm not sure, but I think it might have been. It might have been too much for the committee to handle. So I think what they're doing is they're starting on the ground floor with people that can kind of contribute a little bit and make sort of these doors open gradually for how these things might unfold. Because eventually, if they're going to deal with this, they're going to have to admit that this is of off-world origin. There's just no doubt in anybody's mind. And I think even in the back rooms of the, of the Air Force and the Navy, because the Navy's known about this for a long, long time, they know this is well, of so off-world is the Air Force. origin. 
So is, <laughs> that to me is a, is is the given here. So where do we go from there? Well, it's, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, what are what are the excuses for for naming it? You know, the that it's off world. I mean, history that's a big one. You know, but like Elizondo said on this show, there are huge, huge concerns, guys. So we got about a minute to go. There are huge concerns about the implications of all of this. And I think that's what's scaring people is what is the the implications to the public? Now, for the better part of two years, we have been talking about that, you know, whether it's whether it's uh, the financial aspect of everything, what's it going to do to the markets? What's it going to do to the military-industrial complex? What's it going to do to religion? And those who... We've been talking about that since the Robertson panel, you know? That's, uh, that's been around, you know? What effects would, you know, disclosure, Absolutely. confirmation have upon Absolutely. humanity? Absolutely. Gentlemen, hold on right there. Because uh, we're going to come back. I want to say thank you so much to our super chatters tonight. Bob T, Excaliperful, Cindy, Ken, Lori, Doug, D. Cohen, Bob, Pascal, Lucy Bell, and Sally for the amazing super chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. We're going to get going here with the panel as we continue. We got them for another one hour here on the show. And then we're going to have a panel discussion tomorrow night as well with Nicole Sackage, Science Bob, uh, Chris Sharp, and Christina Gomez. Here we go, hour two. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Badal. Badal is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with our panel leading up to the U.S. Congressional hearings on UFOs. Joining us tonight, Dr. Bob McGuire, former CIA and uh, former everything. This man knows what's going on behind the scenes in Washington, D.C. From MUFON's board of directors, Tom Whitmore, researcher and author Michael Huntington, and from Zeland Communications, Canadian activist Victor Vigiani. Now, gentlemen, right before the break, 
you know, I mentioned about the fact that there is going to be a lot playing out here and there's going to be a lot of people hoping that Christmas comes early when it comes to the UFO world. However, there is a very big possibility that it turns into what we like to say a nothing burger regarding this subject. We saw it with the initial DIA report back on June 25th, 2021. Victor, I want to start with you on this one, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a big chance that many of us are going to be disappointed. Should we be preparing for the worst and hope for the best? Well, yeah, I think that's that's a very good way to look at it. With respect to, let's divide the the, the narrative here. With respect to individuals like like us, uh, people who've been in touch with this for so long and so intently, you know, it, it spans you know, 30, 40 years among all of us. Uh, we have certain expectations that, that might come to both co- come into play. And I think we all recognize, uh, you know, my expectations and ex- expectations of everyone here on the panel and those of us within the, the UFO, UIP research community, we have a certain set of expectations. And and they are much, much higher than the general public. The expectations among the, the uninformed media, okay, the uninformed media, and the sort of the, 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 the newbie kind of pu- public awareness on this, their, their level of expectation is so much different than ours. So when this issue does get brought forward, there is going to be two or three different ways of how it will be interpreted. And on one level, it's going to be a massive disappointment. Ask Gregory is a financial podcast from the guys who bring you Winning at Life with Gregory Riggs. Something that's come up is, if you're not at your old job, maybe your 401k shouldn't be either. But do you really know why we say that? Ask Gregory is our new podcast with financial topics broken down into specific little chunks. So if you have a financial situation or you just want to learn more about money, Ask Gregory. Find the Ask Gregory podcast on the Winning at Life app or wherever you get podcasts. Investment advisory services offered through AE Wealth Management, LLC. The firm is not affiliated with U.S. government or any government agency. Maybe it's time to make the connection with California Psychics. If it's not the best psychic reading you've ever had, it's free. Visit CaliforniaPsychics.com or download the free California Psychics app and set up an account today starting at only $1 per minute for new customers. End of the spectrum. But on the other end of the spectrum, if people in the general media uh, pay attention to it and people that plug into it that, that are, you know, newbies within all of this, this could be like, Holy smoke, how long has this been going on and why don't I know about it? They're at the very beginning of the race here. We are way ahead of the starting line. So the, the, the way this information will be brought forward within the media is going to be mixed. So MSNBC will look at it in one way. CBS will look at it in another way. So it'll be a conglomeration of disappointments, I guess is what I'm trying to say, David, to you. So th- that's what I think we can expect. There's not going to be any big revelations, but it will be a step in the next evolution of how this information will be crafted, interesting word, crafted, to be brought forward, A, within the intelligence community, B, within the political system, and C, within the media institutions. So there'll be three or four different ways of this information being interpreted. So let's not be disappointed with this. Those of uh, who are listening to us right now who know not too much about this, you have to listen to it very, very carefully and not swallow all of the pills. 
those of us that know all of this information have to swallow the pills and digest them in the right way so that they're framed in, 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 in a sense so that it can make sense to everybody. And that, that's, that's what our job is. Wonderful. We have to make sense of this for everybody. And that's a big that's a big responsibility that we have. Wonderful. So what you're saying is I'm still going to look overweight after this. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Dr. Bo- I guess so. <laughs> Dr. Bob McGuire, we bring you in here, Science Bob, because, you know, I know what you're looking for. You want somebody to say not of this earth. That is the key trigger for you. But there is a chance that we're going to be disappointed as a collective whole on this, much like everybody was back with the DIA report. Now, for you looking into this, you see this with different eyes because you're able to read between the lines being on those insider panels for as long as you were. How do we take anything positive out of what these hearings are if we are shut out of information? So you just want to you just want to see some forward motion, and for for each of us there'll be there'll be different levels of satisfaction with the forward motion. Tom pointed out Brian Bender's article in the previous segment, and it was really hard hitting. It was skull and bones. Society is controlling all of this. It's a bunch of this and that and the other, and we're really gonna knife through. And over the day, Tom. Don't refresh before you pull it out because now it has zero F and teeth in it. Zero. The teeth have been completely taken out of the article, and now it's a bunch of milk toast pablum. And so this is the kind of pressure that is being brought to bear to try to keep a lot of this stuff sequestered to, to the point where, you know, even a big a big reporter like Brian Bender can succumb to the pressure. And the pressure will come way up top at Politico and be passed down to Bender because he won't do this willingly. He'll be ordered to by an editor, and it'll come from on top. Explain that again. Run that by me again. Okay, so today, Brian Bender wrote an article. Yeah, I I read it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and if you go refresh it, Mm -hmm. all of the teeth are gone. Really? It's been edited and replaced with a piece of pablum. And this is the process. Already? Constantly. Oh, yeah. It's getting okay. it's, 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 all the skull and bones, all the secret society, all these bad guys trying to undermine the war going on in the Pentagon and the intelligence community, totally gone from the article. Wow. Mm. Wow. So we can expect not to get a tremendous amount. We want to see forward motion. And if we just get, we do not believe they come from Earth, I'll be a happy camper. All right, Andrew, let's bring you in here. Or pardon me, Michael, let's bring you in here for this. Because, I mean, you are somebody who is continuously monitoring every news outlet and everything regarding this story. As you said, you know, we're all UFO geeks when it comes down to it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in this field. There is a big chance for disappointment, but there is a big chance that we could get more morsels of information to add to the puzzle pieces that have already been laid out. For you, what would be a catalyst of good information coming out of this? Well, yeah, there are different expectations, uh, certainly. Um, you know, For me, good information... Um, I would like to know more about uh, what the interpretations were on some of those unknown cases. Uh, 
a few weeks ago, or within this last week, uh, there was a question going around Twitter. Like, what question would you ask, uh, you know, during this hearing? If you could have, you know, the microphone, so to speak. And, uh, you know, a lot of people wanted the big questions answered. You know, uh, do we have aliens? You know, uh, is that a reality? Is the, you know, the classic view of a conspiracy cover-up, you know, a la Roswell ever since, you know, MJ-12 type stuff. Is there any sort of reality to that? There's people that that have that expectation. Um, You know, for me, I, I, I want information on cases, you know. Uh, I don't think this will be necessarily anything. It, it's certainly going to be historic within the subject. Everything is historic, you know, within the subject, uh, so to speak. And we can get data uh, from everything, you know, even the non-answers. Uh, so, you know, it's of benefit. Now, younger uh, people that have gotten into the subject, you know, since 2017, uh, you know, since those media events have have gotten a lot of people interested into the subject, uh, their expectations uh, are are different than us who've, you know, been in the subject for 40 plus years. Uh, To them, this is already sort of a victory. Just the mere fact that we that we have politicians and intel people talking about the subject publicly, it works for these younger activist type of people because it, you know, every time it's within the media, it, it's good for the subject in their estimation because they are oriented towards, you know, the public relations, the public persuasion sort of aspect to it. Uh, they feel that, the, you know, the bigger, you know, the uh, the the pool. Uh, so to speak, the, the 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 bigger the wave you will get uh, for information down the line, you know. So, I, and I think they look at things incrementally. So, to them, it's already a victory. There's already people opening beers and talking about, you know, celebrating, you know, when we don't even know what's going to happen yet. Uh, certainly, some people will be disappointed, but uh, I'm going to watch it. I, I I will get something out of it. In, in any case, uh, uh, we will get some information, even non-information, as I've said, will be information. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right, Tom Whitmore, let's bring you in here on this one because, you know, there are going to be ups, there are going to be downs, there are going to be people who feel that they are disappointed in what's going on with these hearings. People are going to be raging from UFO Twitter at their screen saying, ask this question. Why are you not asking this question? You know, we're going to get a lot of emotion built up through this, you know, when the hearings start until they end, you know, but should we be this emotionally connected and involved in this subject? Well, we're as UFO people, we're in a special interest bubble. And we can see outside the bubble, but we can't think outside the bubble because we're so invested in the subject. And uh, no offense to any religion, but I think psychologically we're similar to uh, born-again and evangelical Christians that are expecting the second coming of Christ at any time. And we're, we've raised our expectations so high that we set ourselves up for disappointment. 
I'll tell you what, if I was on that committee, here's what I'd do. I'd ask this question. Has the government or contractors or subcontractors either now or in the past been in possession of anomalous vehicles or biological entities or been in communication at any time with any groups of non-human origin? Oh, that's a tough question. Look wow. Just <laughs> Not that I'm aware of, Congressman. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I, yeah but I mean, that's... I, I plead that's, the fifth. You know, we, we have our wish list. That's my wish list. Mm-hmm. And that's a direct question. It's, it's either a yes or no. <laughs> you know, yeah, so. I, w- I was going to ask, you know, how many hours of uh, uh, video footage is do you have in totality? You know, I, I would go for a specific... Oh, yeah. You know, very specific. If we're asking, you know, do aliens exist? You know, do we have something at Area 51? I don't think we're getting an answer at all. And there are people that want that question, you know, those sort of questions asked, but it's not going to happen. I don't think it happens yeah, I, either. Go ahead, Tom. I don't know if we're going to get a nothing burger, but I think we're going to get a veggie burger. <laughs> I don't know what's worse in that opinion. You know, I mean... But nonetheless, I mean, we need something to go on. We there got, there is going to be something. Bob, who do we expect to be asking some actual hard hitting questions in this? Because I could we I, I believe I'm correct when I say this. Uh, Congressman Tim Burchett, who has been extremely vocal in the media recently regarding this subject has basically come out and said, look, I know things. We need these congressional hearings to have everything come out in public from Roswell on to today. He's the first politician to come out and say, we need full, unrepented disclosure on the UFO files. And yet, he's not even going to be a part of the hearings as far as no, he's not on the committee, well, he's, he's not, not on. The, he's not on the. He's not on the. He's not on the House House Select Committee on Intelligence. But what he I, is a member of more minor committees. But what I'm asking is, do we have somebody, or could we potentially have somebody on the panel for this who can ask those tough questions? I believe Andre Carson and Benny Thompson are fully capable of asking those questions, but they are going to have heard. Or through their staffers, directly and indirectly, nonstop uh, remarks about why they shouldn't. And we'll have to decide whether they want to listen or not. Remember, remember one thing. Every member of the House is up for re-election right now. And that is all that's at the front of their minds besides getting something out of this committee. Maybe they run the risk of being accused of being kooks. Is- yeah. Is there a potential, gentlemen, for and anybody feel free to jump in on this, that we could see these questions edited for the fact of national security? So somebody who is on that panel, like Andre Carson, could could have a list of questions that he may want to ask, but somebody behind mm-hmm. the scenes saying, look, that's that one's not for public, could that happen? Yeah, because of, because the staffers the staffers are going to write the questions, and they will have been informed by the Pentagon and the DNI, and there will be a closed portion of this. So yeah. you know, you, you may hear the words, you know, that's something that we should address in the closed session, you know, or the closed hearing. So yeah, they pretty much have to figure out which ones they'd ask in open session, which they could ask in closed session. 
What do you think the response from people like Rubio and and um, Gillibrand and Gallego might be to what may transpire tomorrow? Well, if they get all fired up, they can call a Senate. They can call a Senate hearing and and then drag them back. But we we are so near the end of the season because August it's over. All congressional action is over in August because all they're going to be doing is running for reelection. Okay. Is this t- the type of topic that could cost someone an election in the fall? It depends on the district. It really does. I mean, so Burchett, uh, uh, he's look, Burchett's going around talking to his supporters and bringing his billionaire backers to meetings to make sure he's not going to offend all of his Christian brethren who elect him from a very conservative district in Tennessee. But he's not on this committee, so I think he's safe. But there are other people that are in border districts where it's very iffy if the Republican or the Democrat will win. I think they're going to be hyper-cautious because they always are. Tom. I don't think it's going to be a big issue other than, I agree. In, like like you said, you know, it, it, in close races, it might be used by the opposition in yeah. order to, you know, label them as some sort of coup. We've seen that in politics in the in the past. But, uh, um, yeah, I don't think it's it, it's it's not really something that I think too many politicians are willing to expend a lot of political capital on. Yeah. Uh, or, no or, or, or yeah, or risk you know their their career on, uh, but they do have the out of at least looking at this from a national security and public safety stand. That in the not, public, the public is very, very interested in this topic. At least yeah. some, yes. Or 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 Tucker Carlson wouldn't have it on regularly, right? <laughs> Very true, very true. But outside of Tucker Carlson and what we've seen with the Politico and other online news agencies, we really haven't seen a real rush to get into this subject and even talk about the hearings. I mean, this is a little bit disappointing leading up. Is it, is it not, Victor? Well, I, I think that, yeah, you, you, I think you're right because there, the, the narrative that's come about because of things that happened in 2017, I know I, I continue to go back to that to that point of reference. Um, I, I think what, what's happening here is, once again, I'll repeat, it's an evolution of ideas about this whole issue. And uh, if if the if the individuals that are running for elections in the United States and all the the machinations of what elections can 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 bring about, if this if this particular hearing and subsequent hearings between now and whenever Congress has has come to some sort of closure, if the idea of technologies, the new technologies that may be um, brought forward because of the off-world origins of these things, if if we can make that leap with respect to new technologies, and and all the things that are happening within the fossil fuel industry, if that issue can be raised somehow, I know right now that's not really where things are at, but eventually the technology behind what these craft can do uh, with respect to their propulsion systems and energy sources, if that issue can somehow worm its way through all of this narrative and, and come to the forefront within the public uh, domain, 
I think the, the, the new technologies that may be introduced through all of this, the whole machinations of everything, uh, I think it could introduce a new set of, 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 um, of discussion points about what this issue is all about. It's much like a, you know, a, a driveway. You, know, you, could, yourself, you pave a driveway and you get it all nice and finished. You pat all the, the, you know, the tar down and in, in the spring, a dandelion pops up, you know, in the in in the driveway. Come somehow it gets through all the tar, and 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 the, the the weed comes up, and it's sitting there. It's the only weed there, and that's what what's going to happen if the issue of technologies comes to play with respect to climate change and all of these other issues. So there's so many s- separate. Uh, issues that may come forward because of all of these discussions. And I think, in my opinion, technology is, the new technologies, is the number one thing that could change the entire narrative about what this is all about. Well, we got 45 seconds, Tom. Let's get your final words here. Well, I, I hope and I wish that we had better technologies, but I think we're getting ahead of the story there because... Uh, we have a tendency to want the spacemen, the aliens, to bail us out and fix our problems for us. And we haven't even gotten to the point yet to where people in authority will admit that these UAPs or UFOs are of otherworldly origin. And uh, I think we need to get there first, and then maybe we can go on to the next step. Now, we don't know what those technologies are. We suspect that some of these companies like Lockheed, Lockheed and some of these aerospace companies may be working on that, but we don't really even know what those technologies are. All right, gentlemen, we got you for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio, and, and we're going to continue on with the heavy talk regarding the timeline as the hours tick down to the first U.S. congressional hearings regarding UFOs in over 50 years we got tom whitmore we have michael huntington we have victor vigiani and dr bob mcguire breaking it all down for us on spaced out radio tom you don't think the technology stuff is 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 i agree with you that that it's it's a little bit ahead of the curve but don't you think that that's the that's the kernel of the issue here eventually what's going to happen is as to how these things move and come and go? Well, it could be at some point in the future, but we would ha- you'd have to be in possession of a vehicle or a machinery that, that is, has those capabilities first. Now, we, I've, I've suspected for years, and a lot of people in my realm believe mm-hmm. that Somebody has that somewhere. It's either been in the U.S. government or it's been subcontracted out, you know, to these aerospace companies. But we don't actually know that. We haven't had confirmation of it. And if they do have that that on hand, we don't know how far they've gotten in understanding it or being able to use it. For example, <clears throat> they may even theoretically understand how it works, but they can't manufacture it. Maybe the manufacturing capabilities are beyond beyond our our abilities. So, you know, I just take a more cautious approach about that. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, I, I think Victor's right, at least on some level. Uh, amongst, you know, uh, 2017 
converts, you know, younger activist uh, sort of people. Uh, that is a main focus to a lot of them. You know, aside from, you know, the, the big disclosure, you know, activism, uh, a lot of them are starting with the the preset that aliens are visiting and we probably do have craft and we've been reverse engineering that. And uh, to them, since that has happened in their mind, uh, or maybe even in reality, uh, what they want is, you know, the next generation of, of people into this subject, the next, the next generation of ufologists, so to speak. They want that. It's official. Summer is almost here. The sun is getting brighter. The days are getting longer. And your lawn is ready for some love. Get everything you need for a season spent outside with Memorial Day savings from the Home Depot. Manicure your yard to perfection with lawn care tools from RYOBI. Then get your garden going with vegetables and herbs from Bonnie Plants Harvest Select. Plus mulch and soil from Vigoro and EarthGrow. Get your lawn as ready as you are for summer in the sun. Feels like Memorial Day at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Summer is right around the corner, and you know what that means. Cooking out, diving in, and soaking up a whole lot of sunshine. The Home Depot has everything you need to start your summer right. Upgrade your cookout game with Traeger grills and smokers. Then gather around a new Hampton Bay patio set with family and friends. It feels like Memorial Day at the Home Depot with savings on summer fun. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. That as a focus, you know, this technology will benefit mankind. You know, the 20-something generation is sort of focused on environmental concerns and energy concerns. And and those that are active in the, the, the UFO subject uh, feel that, the technology is an answer to a lot of human problems. That's why a lot of them are, uh, are, are activists, you know, for disclosure because right. they want that technology to be put out there. Some of them are experiencers and they want that validation and confirmation right. of alien existence. But there is a, a large portion in, in the next generation that believes that this technology will benefit mankind. This has always been around though. You know, going back to the 50s contactee movement, you know, right. the aliens coming in and yeah. and giving us, uh, you know, fantastical energy and solving our nuclear war mm-hmm. problems. You know, it, even to this day, you know, it, it echoes a lot of of, of the same talk mm-hmm. uh, that you've Absolutely. heard back then. You know, yeah. so, I don't know how much time we got left, Dave, till the break. Did we we got we got much? about four, uh, two and a half minutes. You know what? I, I, I just want to go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. I was just going to say that the one thing I'm excited about, because I have young kids, uh, we're, we're a blended family. So my youngest is eight, my oldest is 23. And the one thing that I, w- I will say is this, kids today in their early 20s, or even as young as my son, who is eight, are starting mm-hmm. to ask some really cool questions about this stuff, man. And I think that what we're doing is providing them an opportunity with some very cool answers. Like when I took my son out on, on Sunday to, to go look for, uh, for Sasquatch, he was pumped right up, you know, (laughs) and I showed him footprints and I've shown him, you know, what we do here. This is what we're going to do. And the same thing with UFOs, Michael, I know you have young children still as well. I mean, I think the children of today are more excited about this topic than they are fearful 
And that's a good sign for us moving forward. I think they're also uh, probably a little more, you know, idealistic than, you know, I, I'm certainly cynical after 45 years of being in the subject and seeing all the, you know, the intel manipulations and all the political, you know, machinations and the secret stuff, you know. Even up to this point, you know, I'm, I'm still sort of skeptical because, you know, everything that led up to 2017 and, and certainly some of the political stuff now that is occurring, you know, has been orchestrated by, in a lot of ways. You know, uh, uh, Mellon and Keene and Mel, uh, and uh, Elizondo, all these people sort of come from this, this you know, Bigelow right. group you know, from the 90s and early 2000s. And this has sort of always been you know, sort of a, a, a push. It, it's always been a campaign moving uh, in I, this direction. i got to cut you off right there. We're going to go in 10 seconds. Thank you to all the super chatters out there. Greatly appreciate the love that you are showing us tonight. And we're going to get going right now. We passed the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I want to remind you that if you missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do us the favor, hit that subscribe button, our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We have a great panel for you tonight as we have until the top of the hour Dr. Bob McGuire. We have Michael Huntington, Victor Vigiani from Zelon Communications, Zeland, pardon me, Victor Communications, and from MUFON. We have our good friend Tom Whitmore here breaking down the night before the big hearings on UFOs down south in Washington, D.C. Well, east for some of you, north for some of you, you know, south for Victor and I. But nonetheless, it's exciting times, gentlemen. And we're going to hit home this final half hour here because right before the break, uh, Bob, we were talking about there is a good chance that it could be a nothing burger. There is a good chance that we are going to be getting just more crumbs and all of the real juicy stuff we want to see is going to be behind the scenes. So I guess the public has to come to the reality that after the public hearings are done, realistically we got to hope for a lot of leaks coming out of these private hearings on where the real juice is going to be i don't hope so much for leaks as i hope for activism by people that care so if you know who your congressman is and say they're on one of these committees the intelligence or armed services in the house and senate and you know your senator write them call them call their offices they listen and activism got a lot, got this thing going tomorrow, uh, and uh, got a lot. Activism also got uh, the Gillibrand Amendment. Activism works, and you heap it on during this election year, and we might get somewhere. Uh, and what I know this is this: if you don't run it up the flagpole in the United States, nobody will salute. 
because there's no flag to salute if you don't run it up the flagpole. And you need to call and demand action from your Congress critters. That's what needs to happen. So if you are disappointed, ask for action. That's the way to get it in a representative democracy. Now, maybe they have agendas that will prevent them from doing exactly what you want, but just do the best you can. Otherwise, nothing will happen. Do we see it, uh, panel, moving forward, that that we will get months of information trickling out? Victor, you, you've worked in the media long enough to know that mm-hmm. a story isn't a story just that day. It does continue on if it's big enough. Yeah, it, it has a um, sort of, I guess, a half-life, if I could, if I could explain it that way. If you have a, a scintilla of information, uh, let's, let, let's say that tomorrow's, you know, um, briefings, uh, hearings, whatever it is, has um, a half-life. It will exist on its own. It will be listened to by a number of people. And it will be sort of internalized by us in the UFO, UIP research community. It will be digested by certain entities within the media. But eventually, it will have a trickle-down effect as all of the information that's come before it. And I keep on going back once again to the 2017 incident. It has had such a massive trickle-down effect since 2017 that that it allows us to be part of where we are right now. So whatever is going to happen tomorrow as significant or insignificant as it might be, it will have a trickle-down effect uh, days or months from now. So we can expect things to happen uh, from the significant or insignificant things that happen tomorrow. It will have some sort of trickle-down effect eventually uh, within within the media, within the UIP research community. So uh, that, to me, is the, the most significant thing that will happen tomorrow irrespective of any major revelations, just the fact that this is happening tomorrow will have major implications and trickle downs, you know, days and months from now, because it will not be the last questions that are asked. Because as soon as the U.S. Air Force, which has been totally absent from this whole narrative, we all, I think we all can kind of concede to that, admit to it. The U.S. Air Force has been totally silent on this issue. If the United States Air Force can eventually parallel some of the things that the U.S. Navy has done, then I think some things will move forward because the Air Force's contention has always been that there's nothing to this. That's the next eggshell that has to be cracked in this whole issue. And once they admit what's going on in the context that may happen tomorrow, I think that will push the Air Force to move forward because they will ha- they'll be boxed into a corner. They can't remain silent. So as soon as the U.S. Air Force makes any kind of statement, of, well, I think we think this, this is happening, that's happening, there is some reality to it, that will push them forward, which will advance the entire narrative. So, uh, you know, we, we shouldn't be too disappointed if nothing comes from tomorrow, but it we eventually will be like a crowbar that will open the, the next box that we have to get into with respect to the larger issues that we have to deal with. Gentlemen, I'm going to tie John's question and comment into this uh, on the screen here. Okay, recently leading up to this, the last couple of weeks, we've heard people like Luis Elizondo and others discussing 
out of Washington, D.C., about the reports of people who go missing and vanish, the effects of of alien abduction, the effects uh, that certain pilots and, and military members had side effects after encountering UAP. I mean, there is a lot that was thrown on the table right previous to this. Could we see any of these critically important topics come out in any type of questioning tomorrow. Tom, let's start with you. I think they'd have to be very careful before they would bring that up. And we know, we know that it's a, an important issue. It's very much connected uh, to our whole awareness of the problem of, of the UFO situation. But it seems to me unlikely that they would take the risk of bringing it up in a public hearing. Now, maybe in private, you know, in, in a in a closed hearing, they might they might ask about it, um, but it is it is an issue now. If you believe Richard Doty, Richard Doty has said that the Defense Intelligence Agency has a map and and they have pins stuck on everywhere they've they found reported abductions. So it's possible that somewhere in the intelligence community that this is being tracked, and. Uh, I'd be glad to fill the Congress people in on that sometime, and maybe they can, maybe they can pry that out of the the defense establishment someday. Victor, what's your thoughts? Uh, the the whole abduction phenomenon is is extremely complex. Okay, in my discussions with uh, with Dr. John Mack, um, and I was very close to John in our communications. Um, he was very clear about the implications of what is happening with respect to the, the, to the contactees. And um, he was of the opinion that, you know, we've always sort of tossed around the idea that, you know, has contact been made? He was firmly of the commitment that contact has already been made through these individuals who are being um, taken, abducted, experienced, wh- whatever you want to call it. So um, th- that is one um, mode of ethical reasoning that is totally unaccepted right now, generally speaking, within the UAP research community. It's not something that uh, needs to be, at this point, brought forward because it's a little bit too far ahead of the curve. But eventually, and it's my opinion, that once all these other things get sorted out, you know, where they're from, the technology, the, the technologies and all of that. Eventually, this issue, and mark my words carefully here, eventually this issue is going to come down to extraterrestrials, their presence here on the planet, and how they're interacting with a number of individuals and maybe hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of human beings here on the planet. It's going to eventually come down to that. Mark my words on that. Now, a lot has to happen before that. But the fact of the matter is, the ET presence is so um, um, prescient that they have already made contact with, with human beings, and th- that to me is the is the is the extended version of exactly where we're headed. We're not there yet, and we can't get there yet. And if it, if we demand it to become an issue right now, I think we'll be asking too much of the national security state to admit that that's going on. We can't, we can't have them admit it. And they may, in fact, know it's already happening. But it's a little bit too far ahead of the curve for the general public to really digest the fact 
that we have a situation where extraterrestrials are contacting human beings. So we have to be very careful about that and be prepared as to how we explain that situation to the general public when the time is right. And I feel that it will happen, but just not yet. Okay, Michael Huntington, you know, I know you're a real nuts and bolts kind of guy. You're you're not into the whole woo of everything. It's not really been your style. But when you look at all the news that kind of came out previous to this last, say, three to six weeks, and now we lead up to the morning where we are going to see some very, very interesting topics of discussion, do we see anything getting into play there? Well, I... I yeah, I, I consider myself pragmatic, you know, but I, I've been involved in this subject uh, for so long because I've seen UFOs uh, on several different occasions. I, I, I believe in the legitimacy of this subject. I think there are scientific mysteries for us to explore. Uh, now, is every UFO case real? No. In fact, a good portion of them are not. So, you know, it. Trying to figure out, you know, what the real narrative is here uh, is sort of the challenge. Uh, ultimately, um, you know, it, it, it's not going to be within the political realm where a lot of this is going to be solved unless you ascribe to, you know, the traditional you know, sort of conspiratorial view that the government is hiding this, you know, that they're they they have knowledge of extraterrestrials or altered dimensional beings, you know that we have craft that we've been reverse engineering them, uh, you know that there has been a cover up, you know that there needs to be a confirmation and a disclosure to move us into a new paradigm. Uh, there is that view, but ultimately. For those who are experiencers, uh, it, it's sort of not necessary, other than it's a you know a form of public validation. You know, maybe they've been looked down upon for having these, you know, these beliefs or claiming these experiences. Um, and also, at, at ultimately, as a scientific issue, which is what UAP are, uh, Congress really can only do so much. You know, they can they can look to their uh, their machinery and, you know, try to get some answers. Uh, but, you know, they are not a scientific body. You know, they, they can prescribe scientific, you know, endeavors. But, uh, you know, this is a scientific issue in a lot of ways, you know, that that is outside the political realm. You know, uh, uh, we do not make scientific discoveries or validate scientific claims by political proclamation alone now hopefully this this can this whole thing can can suggest to the political people that there is a legitimate scientific issue as well as national security and safety uh, for us to start to look at this in a pragmatic scientific way to fund you know some research programs uh, to get to the bottom of this this sort of thing but uh, uh, are we going to get a, a, a political stamp on this? Uh, I don't know if it, if you can really trust it. You know, uh, can we? Right. Does politicians validating this make something a scientific reality? You know, so very true. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to look at that, gentlemen. I want to take this in one final direction here because we got nine minutes left, and it's been a heated subject over the last year and a bit regarding 
ufology and where it's going, and that is Luis Elizondo and Chris Mellon, more so Luis Elizondo. This is a man uh, who has been absolutely raked over the coals the last year and a half about what he really knows about UFOs, his position with ATIP, was he part of OSAP, what is he truly into, is he the man behind the scenes with as much pull in this as we speak. Bob, I want to start with you on this one because I know that uh, you've talked to insiders about him, got the full story and details. What is your thinking about leading up to the hearings regarding Elizondo? Okay, so Elizondo is viewed as a as a um, as a partner and a supporter of the activities of these committees because he's been one of the people that's been briefing and stoking them up along with Mellon and others in the background. So they're on his side, and I'm going to tell you, he and Danny Sheehan they backed the Pentagon into a corner, and they and they and it was a contributory factor to Gary Reed getting fired. It was not the only factor that got Gary Reed fired as his head of OUSDI, but it was a contributing factor because it was listed amongst the specifics that got Gary Reed fired in addition to him uh, having bad bad activities in the uh, messing with women department in his office. So those two things were that. So Elizondo is viewed positively by the committee. Uh, and Elizondo get, has been given some really interesting uh, interviews lately, and one of them, he said something akin to the following, please do not hold me to it as an exact quote, I'm going to paraphrase it because I'm doing it from memory, that he had been briefed and he was satisfied uh, about what, what, why reasons were, what, why, by the reasoning behind some actions. And it was almost immediately after that that he began to pull back and say, I'm, I'm stepping aside. I'm going to let others take over. There have been many more names come out, uh, that, that, that will replace me and so forth and so on. So I think Elizondo is viewed as positively and El, uh, Danny Sheehan has helped him beat back the, 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 dumb bunnies in the Pentagon that were trying to ruin his career and other things and his reputation. And I think that he's come out on top and he's going to leave smelling like a rose. Uh, so I want to add one more thing. Um, uh, 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 no, that's okay. I'll, I'll pass it on. <laughs> All right. Michael Huntington, let's go back to you here. Uh, you want me to comment on Elizondo? Elizondo like and, and, like, and Mellon regarding the job well, they I, have did and maybe some of the heat they have taken leading up to this. Well, I, I, we wouldn't be here without these gentlemen and the whole, you know, uh, uh, you know, all the activities that led up to this moment. They have been lobbying, you know, the past couple of years uh, uh, since to the stars. They have been lobbying uh, 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 politicians. Uh, Probably mostly staffers, you know, getting some of these these witnesses uh, before these. uh, Summer is right around the corner. And you know what that means. Cooking out, diving in and soaking up a whole lot of sunshine. The Home Depot has everything you need to start your summer right. Upgrade your cookout game with Traeger grills and smokers. Then gather around a new Hampton Bay patio set with family and friends. 
it feels like Memorial Day at the Home Depot with savings on summer fun. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It's official, summer is almost here. The sun is getting brighter, the days are getting longer, and your lawn is ready for some love. Get everything you need for a season spent outside with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. Manicure your yard to perfection with lawn care tools from RYOBI. Then get your garden going with vegetables and herbs from Bonnie Plants Harvest Select. Plus, mulch and soil from Vigoro and EarthGrow. Get your lawn as ready as you are for summer in the sun. Feels like Memorial Day at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. These staffers, and they've been at, at least at a, at a certain level uh, stressing the idea that uh, these are possible threats that these are safety concerns, at least at a minimum level. So I think uh, most uh, staffers and politicians have moved forward with that because it's a legitimate concern. You know, things flying around that we don't know, I mean, that's that's a concern. Even You know, if, if it's balloons, whatever, it's a concern. So, yeah. All right. Tom Whitmore. Okay. I, I try to follow an ethic of, speak no ill of another UFO person in public. And Elizondo has been victimized by a group of people that have basically been trying to gaslight him and bully him. And I think that he made the mistake of coming back publicly in a way that just gave them more more ammunition. So, uh, Lou, if you're out there listening, I'd advise that you... uh, not do anything in public that would that would pour gas on the fire. But I think Lou, like like you said, like it's been said, we wouldn't be here for if it weren't for him. And I wish him the best of luck. I wish that he would document his accomplishments in a way. I think he tries to act humble when I see him in these interviews. And there's there's a lot that he doesn't need to be humble about. And I think if he could document and record his accomplishments for the UFO public to see, I think it would solve some of the some of these problems. Do we need to be holding him uh, as as a demigod in this field, though, Victor? I mean, he has he has no. he has said he doesn't like that position. He doesn't like the way the public has put him on a pedestal. But that being said, he also doesn't feel the criticism that he's received has been deserved either. Well, you know, in, in my discussions with uh, Luis, I've interviewed him twice, okay? And I've also talked to Danny Sheehan. Danny Sheehan is a very close friend of mine. And in my discussions with Danny and their four hours spent at the uh, the office of the Inspector General with the lawyers for the, uh, the office uh, of the Inspector General, they demanded that uh, Susan Goff uh, retract any of her, um, uh, you know, bad remarks about Luis Elizondo being part of the, the whole ATIP program. And they threatened them with a lawsuit. Okay. And Danny was very clear on that. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, Luis has put himself out on a, on a very, very big limb. And he knows what he's doing. He knows where he's coming from. He knows the information. And I, and I believe, um, as most of us, I think, do, that he is to be trusted with this issue. And he's, he's set forth a pathway for all of the hearings that are coming up. And if anything that's happening right now, Luis and Chris Mellon has set forth a pathway for these committees that are coming up with the interviews 
and and the briefings to to pursue that pathway with respect to their their um, their communications with the Office of Inspector General and with the DNI. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have a situation where we need to trust individuals to bring forward information that's salient, that is well validated. And as far as I'm concerned, Luis and Chris Mellon have, have, have done that for us. They're the next stage in the evolution of this whole issue. So I think they must be trusted. And even if some of the things that are saying may not be completely validated uh, through other means, they've opened up the gateway, the, the floodgates for this information to flow forward. And Very I think true. we just have to kind of look at where they're going and how we need to interpret what they're saying. I, I need to jump in here again real quick. I, I, I do think that these hearings are happening because uh, largely of Chris Mellon, you know, his, his cachet and his influence uh-huh. uh, on the Hill. Uh, but I also have to say that I've been a critic of, of Lou Elizondo. Uh, Lou Elizondo has not been, you know, a, a you know, a uniting figure uh, for everybody within the community. I've met him. I've talked to him. He's actually a very, you know, likable person. And, you know, when I talked to him, I, you know, I, I, I told him that, you know, he, he's up against a whole history of, of this subject uh-huh. and, and a relationship, you know, with intelligence. And, you know, the best way is to be open. The best way is, you know, to promote science and, and to be, uh-huh. you know, uh, honest with people. And um, he has done some good, uh, but there's also been a lot of division uh, that uh, that has has come as a result of, you know, maybe his fame, his cult of personality mm-hmm. uh, that has mm-hmm. risen. I think that's why he stepped back a little bit, because he, he's recognizing that, you know, he's sort of getting into dangerous territory there with, you know, the hero worship aspect to it. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, Gentlemen, I hate to cut it short right there. We could probably go another three hours on this subject, but Zeland Communications, Victor Vigiani, uh, author and researcher Michael Huntington, MUFON Board of Directors Tom Whitmore, and Dr. Bob McGuire, the official scientist of Spaced Out Radio. Bob will talk to you tomorrow night on the panel and the reaction to it. A great panel tonight. We also say thank you to Bruce Claggett earlier tonight for the media aspect. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. The Swamp Dweller's got a great story for us. And then Fedora Wary John brings in the UFO report. We're on the eve of history, people. Great show, guys. Thank you, David. Excellent. That was a great panel tonight. Well yeah. <coughs> I should ask. Michael, 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 fun, Michael I, do, I do agree with you that, that, that some, I don't know how much time we got left before chat. You guys day, talk away. We got a few I, minutes. I'll be right back. Okay. No, I do agree with you, Michael. Uh, anybody who takes a risk like Elizondo did, I mean, to, to begin where he began and what, what, whatever, you know, uh, situations he was, he was exposed to within the sea ring down in the bowels of the Pentagon where he started. Um, I guess he realized that he got information that needed to be brought out and he took certain risks. And whenever you take a risk uh, of, of, of doing something, you land up sometimes stepping on your tail. And maybe that's where he's at. But, you know, can, can we fault yeah. him for making mistakes? I, 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 don't, I just don't think. Well, I, yeah, I, I, you know, it's. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we sort of haven't gotten past, you know, the 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 
you know, the motivation and the trust thing, at least in, you know, large portions uh, of the community, uh, there are there are critics and there are fans. You know, mm-hmm. it's really divided down the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has made a lot of missteps. You know, the minute he walked out onto the stage of an empty room, uh, you know, left his job taking, uh, you know, uh, uh materials with him uh-huh. you know to be engaged in a you know a private venture uh you know taking the people's information and putting to the stars on it and you know standing on a stage with uh you know hoax balloon materials behind you it sort of sets that template of okay there's a whole stage full of cia people or you know are we going to be manipulated again and since then you know we've gotten what uh, ufotainment and uh you know these secret things you know uh he sort of talks in you know double speak code you know it's like well i can tell you this but you know i i can't tell you this you well, know? well so let, let, let me tell you let me tell you something when i interviewed him i said i said louis if you're standing at a table and you've got a desk and you've got a disclosure box and you've got all your information off to one side and you want to put all your information into that disclosure box for everyone to to um, to to analyze what's in your box that you can put in the disclosure box and he said to me victor i've never had anyone answer or ask me that question before because he didn't have an answer for it and so on 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 that basis i sort of um i don't know not discredit him but my level of trust didn't didn't go up. Let's put it that way, because he really didn't answer my question as to what he would put in that into that disclosure box, because he knows what he knows. Yeah. But what will he share with us? That's, in fact, factual information about the disclosure issue. So, you know, it's it, I go back to my 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 statement. You take a risk of doing something and you pay the price. Sometimes you're a winner and sometimes you're a loser. And maybe that's where he's at. Yeah. Well, and I think you, we want to remember that for the first couple of years, he was taking orders from Tom DeLonge. Well, <laughs> I don't know if he can be blamed for, you know, the fact yeah. that the room was empty. They were having a press conference to an right. empty room. And mm-hmm. I don't know if he can be blamed for whatever picture they put up there. Well, that, that wasn't, that wasn't too long ago, you know, and he signed up for it and he appeared on the show and, you know, uh, he's presented himself and, and been part of, uh, you know, the community, especially the younger activist community. He's appeared on every podcast. You know, I, I know this because I've watched every single one. Uh, you know, he's he's aligned himself with certain groups, has made enemies of certain groups. Uh, you know, he's engaged in different tactics, you know, the uh-huh. sock puppet stuff and, you know, the enemies lists, you know, the felon five. I don't know if you guys are following that. You know, oh, yeah. there, there are certain there are missteps. And, you know, when when an intel person, uh, you know, a person from an intelligence uh, background enters the UFO subject uh, in whatever capacity, you know, and they manipulate it, uh, you know, that's when some people, you know, start to look at it. I think it's mostly a lot of old guard type people that have gone through, you know, Doties and, uh-huh. uh, you know, yeah. All that sort of stuff, yeah, MJ-12 documents, you know, we, we've seen a lot of this sort of thing before of, you know, the. I'm not saying he's fake. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. I, I do think he has exaggerated. I don't think ATIP was, was a, you know, a, an official program person. No, 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 nobody says that. Not even Lou. One more thing. We know 
for a fact because it came out of his mouth that a staffer inside the Pentagon walked the videotapes out and gave them to Christopher Mellon, who right. gave them to uh, to to to, uh, to the stars. And Tom's a news name on it as well as that. No, he he, he, got, well. he did he did the documents which got passed up through the Pentagon bureaucracy, which it said UAV on it. It said yep. UAV. Oh yeah, and got it got right. it released. I agree. I agree. The the two of them work together. Gentlemen, I, I got to say goodnight to all of you guys. I apologize, okay. but um, you got to go. Got to go. I got more show to do. You Thank guys you. get to go to bed. Thank you, Dave. Get ready. It was, it was fun. It was fun. We'll all chat. Thank soon. you so much, everyone. Victor, I wish nice you well. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. All the best. Thank, you guys. Thank you very much, Tom. Thank Michael, good to meet you. Take care, Michael. guys. Good night. Thank you. Good night. What a great panel we had tonight. Fantastic. I want to say a big thank you to Vaughn, John M. Uh, Donnie times two, Obi Flett, uh, G West, Rex, Kevin, Bob, Doug, Lori, Ken, Cindy, Excaliperful, D Cohen, Bob, Pascal, Lucy Bell, and Sally for the amazing super chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love and support. Hour three is coming up here momentarily, people. you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor here we go with the third and final hour of spaced out radio tonight want to say thank you to everybody tuning us on in on this big night on the mighty sor we very much appreciate it and we want to say hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on talk stream live odyssey radio and kpnl all of our archives are free join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old davy the favor hit that subscribe button the Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Betel. Betel is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another journey for another spooky story. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. Sometimes I see weird things while I take my dog on walks. This time I took them to some little forest that's not so far from my home. Usually, this forest is very quiet, and there are not many people around. That's why I like it so much. Anyway, this particular day my dog started to bark at something. I didn't put too much attention to it until they ran towards the way they were barking at. 
I ran after them in case it was a person or some animal that was causing them so much distress, but they suddenly stopped at some huge bush and the barking stopped as well. The first thing I noticed was this bad smell of something rotten and the presence of lots of flies nearby. I wanted to investigate further, so I took a long look around the big bush and what I found wasn't a dead animal as I expected, but instead I found this huge bundle. It looked more like a sack and it was tied up with a very large rope. At that moment, I didn't want to think too much about it. I thought it was some cow that died and its lazy owner left the body here inside the sack. That said, why would someone do that? It didn't make sense at all. I moved it with some large stick. I found causing a lot of flies to come on my way, and that awful, rotten smell got stuck in my nose. The barking began again, but I didn't find anything so I continued on my way. I returned about a week later. I stayed away from there initially, but my curiosity eventually got the best of me and I went back there to investigate some more. This time there were more flies than last time and someone moved it not far from the bush trying to dig a hole where it was originally. The sack was covered up with some dirt. I didn't notice anything more, but it was strange. Why would someone move it? I leaned down and I saw that sack was broken and I could see what was inside. It looked like a head, but it had skin. It was brown and had no hair. I panicked because I realized that a person was inside of it, not a farm animal. It was a human body, and someone had put it in the fetal position so it can fit into the sack. I took my dogs and ran to my house as fast as I could. I wanted to reach the police and call them as soon as I reached my house, but my family wanted to be sure and we returned there. But strangely, this time, the sack was gone, and the half-done hole under the bush was filled with dirt again. I think someone was watching me and saw me investigating. We didn't call the police as they wouldn't believe me without any evidence. I was 16 or 17 at the time of the story. I lived with my grandparents in southern Oklahoma. Their house was on the end of a country road, surrounded on all sides by woods and pastures. My grandpa was a truck driver and was gone for a week, or two at a time. My grandmother and I were the only ones there. It was the middle of the summer, and it was hot as hell. One night, between midnight and 2 a.m., I woke up sweating, hot and miserable. It was pitch black and extremely quiet. I realized quickly the fans and the AC were off. I stumbled to the living room just as my grandmother did the same. The house was stuffy and the humidity was choking, so we decided to sit on the front porch. We sat there for a few minutes, sleepily making small talk. Our roads ran for about a mile through a little town. We are at the dead end, as I mentioned. The nearest intersection is about a thousand feet from our porch. There's a house there, and then the houses continue at that point, like any other city blocks, housing lining both sides of the road. Just about every home had a dog or more. At some point, you faintly noticed the dogs barking from way down the road. Then some more would join in, and then more. The barking progressed closer and closer. You could tell that whatever the dogs were barking at was traveling down the road in our direction. Now this wasn't strange to us. We figured someone was walking or driving down the road and was causing the dogs to bark. 
But as the dogs nearest to the intersection joined in, my grandmother said, What is that? At the intersection, I saw a green glowing light bobbing down the street. It was kind of swinging from the left to the right, up and down, as it came slowly towards us. It was pitch black outside, so we couldn't see a body. But to me, it looked like someone was walking while wearing a green glow light on a necklace. Imagine how it would bounce while you walked or jogged. Now once you cross our side of the intersection, the road is lined on both sides with six strands of barbed wire fence. It's about five feet tall, so you can't squeeze through the strands without someone spreading it for you. The green light gets halfway to our porch, both of us standing now, quietly watching, and just veers into the pasture. It never elevated over the fence. It didn't get lower or squeeze through it. It just started floating off the road and away from us. It was still traveling in the same direction, but angling away from us. It disappeared out of view, obstructed by the house across the street from us. My grandma asked me if I saw who it was. I told her it was too dark to tell. We still assumed it was a person. A minute or two later, it pops around the other side of the neighbor's house. It's maybe 300 feet away. My grandmother steps to the edge of the porch, leaning forward, trying to see it through the darkness. What is that? Don't know, Granny. The thing stops, no bobbing, no weaving, just stops for a few seconds. Then starts to bob floating straight towards us. It crosses the neighbor's yard. My granny backs up towards the door. It floats over the neighbor's fence and across the street. This thing is finally close enough to see that there's no person attached to it. It's just a floating green orb, about the size of a baseball. It crosses our front fence. I kinda hear the screen door pull open but I'm full-blown intrigued by what the hell I'm looking at. It wasn't threatening at all. Honestly, it just kind of seemed innocently aloof. Think like you just spent 10 minutes watching a toddler bumblebee around outside. That's how it felt the whole time I was watching. As it came closer, about 10 feet away, I actually began to step off the porch. Bam! Startled, I spun around just in time to hear the deadbolt slide shut on the door that my granny had just slammed shut. I lunged to the door and start banging on it. Open the door! The door slings open, and my grandma actually sticks the shotgun out the door as I rush past her. What the heck is that? No idea, Granny. We spent a bit of time looking out the different windows of the house, but we never spotted it again. Summer is right around the corner, and you know what that means. Cooking out, diving in, and soaking up a whole lot of sunshine. The Home Depot has everything you need to start your summer right. Upgrade your cookout game with Traeger Grills and Smokers. Then gather around a new Hampton Bay patio set with family and friends. It feels like Memorial Day at the Home Depot with savings on summer fun. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It's official, summer is almost here. The sun is getting brighter, the days are getting longer, and your lawn is ready for some love. Get everything you need for a season spent outside with Memorial Day savings from the Home Depot. Manicure your yard to perfection with lawn care tools from RYOBI. Then get your garden going with vegetables and herbs from Bonnie Plants Harvest Select. Plus, mulch and soil from Vigoro and EarthGrow. Get your lawn as ready as you are for summer in the sun. Feels like Memorial Day at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. It wasn't too long after that that the power and AC came back on. I have no idea what it was. I know about orbs, but this was not that kind of thing. It was tangible. It had a presence and felt like it was intelligent. We spent over 10 minutes watching it. Any ideas? My grandpa is on the road. My grandma kept a loaded shotgun by her bedroom door. 
This is a no-nonsense, picking cotton, walking to town because she didn't have a car, southern raised woman. To this day, when this story comes up, she gets almost an embarrassed look on her face, like she knows it sounds crazy, and just says, it's true. Wow. The Swamp Dweller taking us down another freaky path. Remember, you can listen to Swamp Dweller every night on this show as a courtesy feature to our good friend, the Swamp Dweller. And, of course, go over to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads for more than, oh, he's got thousands of spooky stories just like that. All right, let's move on. Talk more UFOs. The fedora-wearing John Hudson is here once again with the unbiased UFO report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Right, the fedora wearing John Hudson. Always a good time to have you back on the show. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, Dave. Doing well. How about you, man? I am pumped up, man. Pumped up. Really? Yeah. What, what for? I don't know. I mean, you know, tomorrow is a week to my birthday, and you know, there might be some other big news going on. I don't know, but it's always a good time. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, 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 the theater thing. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. You know how it right. goes. It's going to be fun. You know how yeah. it goes. No, I, I get it. No, look, we all like to perform. It's going to be fun. All right. We got some big news tonight, my friend. Big news. We had the big panel on right before you for the first two hours of the show. Everybody getting pumped up for tomorrow's events. I know. You, you actually, you guys hit some really uh, interesting topics. It was, it was difficult at times to... Um, to not be able to participate um, during certain portions of that. That was actually, that was a, it was a good discussion. I thought it was too. I mean, everybody brought a little bit to the table and, and it's going to be amazing to see what comes out of this, John. And I know that you're going to be watching this with very open eyes. I'm going to be trying to get up early in the morning to actually watch this as well. Cause it starts at six o'clock on the West coast here. You know, I don't know if I'll be able to make it. I'm going to try my damnedest, though, man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I, I debate. I, you know, honestly, <laughs> I might just stay up. We'll see. Um, but, um, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, my, my understanding of how these hearings work, and we'll be shifting news, but, but, the, well, but my concern is that, is that there's two sides to this. There is There is the content of what is presented and who's presenting it, and then there is... Um, how that content is dealt with um, in person at the um, at the theater event, and uh, the first half of producing all the content, picking who's going to speak, what they're going to say, and so forth. That's really what the people who wanted the hearing or don't want the hearing care about, right? Like that's what they care about. The 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 minutia of of like how all those Legos get played with. That my understanding usually falls much further into the political side and becomes um, a political football, well, no, like a bag of golf balls um, for, for a whole bunch of people who are, are as what was um, importantly said earlier, um, every single one of them is up for re-election, right? So um, there is going to be, you know, you got midterms and um, it's, um, 
you know, there's a there's a good chance we could see some showboating. There's a good chance we could see some people um, uh, say things they don't mean to say because of of, of tension and stress. You, you never know what's going to happen. My only concern, though, is that most of the stuff has already been decided. This is just a presentation. And I think you're right on that. I really do think you're right on that. But either way, the UFO community, John, is going haywire over this, much like they did leading up to the DIA report back in June of last year. Yeah. Well, no, I was going to say, is, is, and another thing that should be noted is that you know, this whole thing, this whole time, we've all been operating on this on this methodology that essentially was set by Elizondo, and that essentially that if we got to the point that we had hearings, that then things would actually start to happen. I mean, that, that has been dangled in front of us from the very, very, very beginning, right? And and we we've seen this execute in that Skyfort essentially shut themselves down when the committee meeting got got scheduled, right? So you have a clear like, this is your goal. Click. What if we're wrong? What if a, a hearing isn't going to do it? What if, what if the whole thing to do this one thing was actually itself flawed? And that's another thing that I worry tremendously about. But it's hard because I don't want to take anything away because if you look at the, the likelihood of someone actually starting a project and completing it of any type, let alone getting a congressional hearing done, um, on just a very personal level, I am so just really happy for the people who were really, you know, just sweating over this because this is a this is a this is a proper thank you for all that labor, and that's that's important, right? That's it's important for people to get those thank yous. I'm I'm very much intrigued going in to see where this is going to go. Is there going to be somebody on one of those committees that has the the strength and the fortitude to ask some very hard questions, not questions that are going to need answering behind the scenes during the private meetings? Will someone stand up who is of an elected capacity and take that opportunity to see what, they can get on a public answer. Now, the people who are answering questions from the Pentagon and the military, I look to them to deflect absolutely everything, John. I really do. They're not going to tip their hat to anything that may lead to any, shall we call it, national security being levied towards the public hearings. They'll, they'll pick from their um, their um, um, catered buffet. Um, they will have a catered buffet of, of topics to use that, that they, they will find you know, makes sense, and that's what they'll go with. And that, that makes sense for them. I mean, it, it, it does. And, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, um, uh, you know, we don't know. I mean, we have no idea. The one thing I will caution people with, though, is that I have been a part of, um, you know, much smaller scale, mind you, um, but uh, uh, similar style things where there's a, um, a a long public presentation and then there's like a there's like an after thing right and um, and and I can just say from experience that's where everything happens and that's the one sad part is that that is where everything happens that's where everyone lets their guard down and actually talks and that's where you actually see movement and that's what we won't get to see we'll get to see the result of it but we won't get to see it in action. Well, you know what? We can only hope, 
and we can only see where it goes. And then we have to judge our own opinions on what happens from there. And, and John, it's a, neither, either way, it's a very exciting time. How is it going over oh, on, on UFO Twitter where a lot of these conversations take place? Well, I mean, it's essentially one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight is that, you know, and it's something I talked about a little bit during night is that I, I really think that, that most people, when, when you've been trying to figure out a lot of things that didn't make sense, um, and then you get to a point where you think that there's going to be an answer presented, even if there's just a chance there might be an answer presented, at the point the answer is presented, all of the leverage you might have for figuring it out early is gone because now everyone knows, right? So you end up creating this like weird artificial pressure right up before the event where you have people who suddenly start deciding that they know enough. Now they know enough that they can make the call confidently and they'll be right. And then in five days, everyone will go, yay, you were smart, right? And so essentially, and then you also have people who will then, um, you know, call their bet, they will show their cards and then that will cause other people to panic and show their stuff because they think something. And so it, it can just, it can... Um, there, there can be a, a human emotional element to it that makes it very um, chaotic. Do you see it spiraling out of control? No, no, not at all. But, um, but I, 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 um, you know, I, you know, I just, I, I think that, I think that it's just, oh, man, it's just so frustrating. I think it's this problem. I think, I think it has a lot more to do with human nature than anything else. Right? It's that everyone desperately gets in this mindset where they want to be right and that they get this weird idea that if they were wrong this whole time that somehow it doesn't mean anything or they they were it's, it's all these twisted ego things right that's really what it is and and ultimately it's one of the reasons why i i really want to i really want to try to encourage people to tomorrow just you know give us one day just give us one just one day on twitter just one day on twitter of just no lucidity right no no vitriol no 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 hate um, these hate lists, um, like, I don't know what I'm more bothered by. Like, I don't know if I'm more bothered that someone created a hate list, that someone published a hate list, or that people are happy to be on a hate list. Well, before, like, that, those before are like the we three any, things that I've just, I, I don't even know where to go with. Before we go any further, let's, let's yeah, explain please. what came up earlier today. Oh, 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 yes, yes, yes. Um, so, uh, as a um, as a reaction to some previous thing that was done that I'm I haven't nailed down yet, um, uh, someone created a, uh, a, a a basically an image that shows um, a, a big list of of different people in the community, um, you know, with their with their basically social media pictures, and uh, you know, at the top it basically said, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, hate, you know, hate. Um, you know, hate, and uh, the other option was, um, 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 no, it wasn't cult. It was two derogatory terms. Let me put it to you that way. Um, and, um, and you know, and essentially, uh, and, th and that's the thing that amazes me is that, you know, you, you look at this and, like, even, even if I really dislike Elizondo, even if I think he is lying through his teeth, even if I think he is completely full of it, I would never want to be on a, a hate list for him. You know, like, I don't know. Like, like I, I, when I saw this published, what I was expecting was to see a bunch of people respond saying, take me off, 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 take me off. And instead what I saw was a bunch of people responding with, 
you know, I made it to the list. I made it to the list. Look at me. I'm on the list. And it's like, and the thing is, that I, I get why people don't like Elizondo. And, and they, I have no problem. They, they have every right not to like the man. That's fine. But this is just, it's, it's pretty. I'll say that. It is pretty. It, it, at well, least it's pretty. I, it I, I tend to think that that a lot of what we see here is there are people out there who believe that Lou Elizondo walks on water next to Jesus Christ himself. Elizondo, who has been on this show uh, a couple of times now, including just a couple you of weeks ago. Choke, Dave. What's that? I said you almost made me choke. Why? I was trying to drink something. You're talking about like people think he's walking on water. I, I, it's well, funny, man. Well, true. There are people out there who believe. I don't think that's true anymore. <clears throat> no, I, I'll disagree with you on that. Okay. And, okay, you might but, be right. But you let, me, right. let me let me finish my thought please. on this. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, the yeah, reason sorry, why sorry. is, you know what? There are people on this list that I personally do not agree with. I don't agree with their opinions. You know, Michael Huntington, who was just on our show, he's on this list. Yet if you heard I, him, him tonight, he talked very positively ab- about Luis Elizondo. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Excuse yep. me. And, yep. and, and following through with the plans he said that he was going to. Now, yep. I have no problem. Like, looking at this list, I have no problem with a lot of the people on this list because... Well, we'll get to it when we return (laughs) on Spaced Out Radio. The unbiased UFO report with the fedora-wearing John Hudson continues right after this. Stay tuned. Final half hour of the show is next. Let's just save our thoughts for this until we come Yeah, back. yeah, totally. <clears throat> no problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent panel. Yeah. I thought it was great. There's a couple people on there um, that I don't, I, don't hear, I don't hear from enough that I should hear from more often. I, I like, I need to go make a list. Yeah, and, and well, yeah, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Your kids ever get into Nerf stuff? Here? Oh, Nerf guns. Highly promote Nerf guns. Do you ever, do you ever, do you ever get into modification? Uh, no, I'm not that connected how old your kids he's eight okay, we'll talk offline see see if you're okay with me sending you something <laughs> if, it, if it helps me pick them off absolutely i do uh, i do a lot of um i do a lot of heavy heavy cosplay modifications uh-huh. um where it really doesn't look anything like the original nerf gun yeah. and then i do and then i do all the normal um you know, spring upgrades and so forth. And, right. and, um, and so, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, for, it's just cosplay fun stuff. So to me, it's like one of the benefits of having kids is you get to do kind of stuff like this. And technically you have an excuse. Uh, for people asking, I will bring that list up 
once we get uh, back from the break here. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Dave, if you ever answered this on, on, on the show, it's fine, but it's related to a different topic. Do, do you think that, the, that, that these hearings, and obviously it would depend on how they go and so forth, do you think successful hearings here uh, would have any, any influence at all, in, in, positive or negative, as to whether there be any public hearings in Canada? No. I didn't think so either. I was just curious. No. Oh. No, I think most countries would be like, you go ahead, have fun. John? <laughs> the Lip Blade says, is it just me, or does John the Fantastic Fedora fella need a handlebar mustache? Oh, hell no. <clears throat> oh, hell yes, he does. Oh, hell yes, no, he I, does. And, and please understand, please understand, if I lived in a different place... I would, I would, I would go with the guy. Fall. I would, I yeah. I, I think, I think, I think mustaches are fantastic. Um, I just, uh, I just don't live in a in a in a in a in a place that's terribly friendly to mustaches. So, well, you know what? So it's a it's a when in Rome sort of thing. You know what? I think that it, you know what's really nice is the lip blade on uh, Saturday night waxed up his mustache. Or pardon me, on uh, was it Saturday? Was it Saturday or or Thursday? Waxed up his mustache. No, it was Sunday. Just so we could go out and look for Sasquatch. It was beautiful. Sweet. It was beautiful. That's awesome. That's awesome. <clears throat> oh, hey Dave. One of the people that you, I think you had on, uh, showed. A picture in a book of a trail cam that took a picture of like fingers. Yes. Yeah. That, How do I get yeah. that picture? It's in uh, Carter Bouchard's book. <clears throat> that picture is something else, man. That picture is, is that. Um, you know, even for as much as I've tried to accept from you, like learning from you, like it's still that that picture is hard to process. It really is. Is it in this book or is it in the next book? He put it in like a book, like a printed book. Yeah, I'm trying to just quickly. Do you have to like physically buy it at a store? Oh wow, it's crazy. <sighs> I know it's in one of these two books. Shoot, I'm going to run out of time. <clears throat> we can, we can, we, some of this stuff we can, you know, go through faster. And, you know, if we want, we can yeah. talk a little bit afterwards. Yeah. As long as everyone's having a good time. Five seconds, John.
We've rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Thank you so much for tuning us in. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you missed most of this show or others, as I lose my voice here, excuse me. If you missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. The fedora-wearing John Hudson is here for the unbiased UFO report. And John, right before the break, we're talking about this this list of so-called haters that was put out. We, As far as we know, we don't know who put it out, but it really did hit home about people who are anti-Luis Elizondo going on well, there. And 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 it should be it should be said really quickly that that it, I know this was this was uh, this was a reflection of a of a of a list that existed somewhere else. What I don't know is if in the process of converting from that list to this visual, whether a lot of people were added. From- Summer is right around the corner, and you know what that means: cooking out diving in and soaking up a whole lot of sunshine. The Home Depot has everything you need to start your summer right. Upgrade your cookout game with Traeger grills and smokers. Then gather around a new Hampton Bay patio set with family and friends. It feels like Memorial Day at the Home Depot with savings on summer fun. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It's official. Summer is almost here. The sun is getting brighter, the days are getting longer, and your lawn is ready for some love. Get everything you need for a season spent outside with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. Manicure your yard to perfection with lawn care tools from RYOBI. Then get your garden going with vegetables and herbs from Bonnie Plants Harvest Select. Plus, mulch and soil from Vigoro and EarthGrow. Get your lawn as ready as you are for summer in the sun. Feels like Memorial Day at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. From the original list. So I do not know if the people on this list are were actually all on the original list because uh, to, to the point someone else made in the chat, I think you made, you know, several of these people are not by any means but haters. They're just critical thinkers well, that have good questions, right? Well, I mean, well, a here, lot of these people are my friends. Look, uh, there are people on this list, and I'm not going to go through them, who are complete anti-Lou Elizondo. But there, sure is, there, are, yeah. there are a number of good high quality hard workers on mm-hmm. this list yep. that that are yep. just wanting to get some straight answers. Yep. I look at a lot yep. of friends on this list, Joel Griffin Dodd, yep. okay? Yep. Bruce Fenton. A lot Fenton, of friends on that list. Bruce Fenton, Michael yep. Huntington. Uh you know what? Yep. For as critical as he's been, John Greenwald just wants the straight goods uh because exactly. he has because he has conflicting information. Okay, John. Because Maj- there is conflicting information. A- absolutely, uh, <laughs> you know? J- John Majorowski is a good one. You know, even our former host Lynn Wallington, she has questions yeah. that well, need to be yeah. asked. And if people know Lynn, they know that she is, you know, a very, very strong person for pro ufology and pro getting well, John's answers. A, John's a teddy bear, dude. Like most of these people are really sweet, kind, normal humans that have good, you know, good heads, and it's just it's but. 
look, the thing is, is that there, the problem with this whole scenario is there are enough clues that if you, if, if you have any reason to doubt, you can find a lot of reason to doubt. Absolutely. But unfortunately, there are, there are just barely enough clues that if you want to believe and you want to suspend the data analysis to a degree or to a whole account, you can do that as well. And that's why we end up with this, um, you know, this, 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 you know, this, this splintered, you know, um, faction. But the thing is, is that for tomorrow, you know, there's going to be a lot of people watching this, these hearings and there, uh, there's going to be a lot of people um, putting out stuff live as it's happening. And there's going to be a lot of discussion going on. There's going to be a lot of discussion afterwards. And the thing is, is that um, none of that's going to happen if, if we're, we're, we're using things like this to decide who is on our side and who's on their side, right? Um, and so, you know, I would just, I would encourage people to maybe just for one day, you know, just one day tomorrow, just one day try to just cut out the playground stuff, you know, and, and just try to be constructive because um, otherwise we're not going to get any information out. And the thing is, is that, yeah, there's going to be these closed doors hearings, but look, we all know how this works, right? Something will come out, something will come out and, you know, I'd like to find out what it is. Right. So I don't even um, know who you know, half, th half these people are on this list. <clears throat> Well, that's the thing that's so funny is that, like, I, you know, it's an interesting list of people, to be very honest with you, because there's some people on here who I'm actually very close to. Uh, and there are a lot of people on here who I'm actually, you know, know well enough to, to think that that this is silly, right? And then I know other people that, that you know, just giggle over it, you know, and just don't even think it's a big deal. And that's fine, too, right? Um, but to me, it's just, it's it's like this whole um, thing where people will say, like, um, you know, uh, Post, you know, which researchers you don't trust and why, or um, yeah. you know, all these like, you know, all these really. And the thing is, is that look, there are ways to ask that question constructively that will not produce the fighting that it that will be produced by the way that was asked. Absolutely. Well, and the problem that we have, and we've had this since the beginning of the To the Stars Academy, is the fact that. There are people out there who are so passionate about the subject that we're not allowed to ask hard, tough questions. And the mm -hmm. one thing that we have to understand is a lot of people on that list just wanted some hard questions asked. Hard questions are okay. It's okay for Lou, he's a big boy, to be asked tough questions. And Lou will even tell you that himself. I remember yeah, I had it on this show where Lou said, Lou Elizondo said on this show, I am not a religious UFO deity. I don't like being held to the, to the standards that many in UFO Twitter land had put me on. He was very mm -hmm. uncomfortable with it. And when I brought mm -hmm. that up in a conversation on UFO Twitter, I was completely chastised. Well, who gave you this information? I said, Elizondo, take a listen to my interview with him. Right, but, right, but, right. Well, and the thing is, is it, is it, is it just to make a, a quick point to this comment, um, you know, the thing is, is that the thing people have to remember is that my understanding is that the original list was actually produced by someone within El Elizondo's camp as a list of people that they knew were adversarial 
um, entities, right? So the original list was a was almost a construct, not really constructive, kind of constructive in a weird sort of way, um, more of a triage sort of thing. And um, and so, but done as an internal tool, right? And then that became so. There's a lot of people, for example, getting really upset about the Taliban thing on the side. And I get it. Like when I first saw it, I got upset too. But if you remember that this started out at some level as a comical list of people that hate Elizondo. Aren't huge fans of Elizondo. So Very true. Th- that was actually Very kind true. Of, that was kind of a f- that was a funny thing. That wasn't actually meant to be a, a, a rub. That was actually a funny yeah. thing. So, so that one is not a big deal. Basically, you know, I'm sure somebody meant that list in humor and in jest. It's going to fly around as per usual. But the thing that I don't like is there's good people on that list that are going to be are you know pinned and tied to it. And asking tough mm-hmm. questions, and we're going to move on right after this, John, but asking tough questions does not consent to somebody being on a list of, it's of hate the groups. Whole point. The whole point the whole is point. we the need whole reason why you do this. We need Our to question. be able to ask tough questions to get tough questions answered. This isn't softball here. This is a topic. This isn't about Elizondo. This isn't about Mellon. This isn't even about the United States government. This is a subject that is going to affect 7.8 billion people on this planet. And however that information gets out, we need it out. We, we need the full story, not the half story and, or the quarter story. And I will, just out of the last point, that I, 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 I will agree with people, if anyone ever, ever says it, might run my presence, that we let it get too much about certain people. Agreed. Okay? Now, I'm not saying that I know what we could have done to stop it, because you did have people in very critical, um, special positions, and that's what happens. But I completely agree that it's at several times through this whole thing, it has become way more about an individual and much less about what they were doing. And, and I understand why that would irritate people to no end. And it's something that we have to always combat against because it's a human tendency. Very true. Very good point. All right, John, let's move on in the unbiased UFO report that we have here. This is a little bit of a weird story. And I'm wondering if it could be about portals. What happened on the ski hills of California? Well, so um, it wasn't the ski hills of California. Um, this uh, lovely individual um, who, and, and keep in mind that this was back in 2018, um, he went skiing in New York. And oh, I'm sorry. Uh, he's a firefighter. And, uh, and somehow he got separated from his group and he vanished. 70 people spent a long time and a lot of money looking for him. Nothing. Five days later, he calls the police from Sacramento, California, 2,900 miles away, and has no idea how he got there. And has no identification on him, no wallet, nothing. I know this. This this gentleman was a firefighter out of the yes. province of Ontario. And yeah, this, no, he's a Canadian guy. Yep. And he was gone for five days, and yep. somehow he was able to get a hold of a cell phone and remember his wife's phone number after calling 911. And mm-hmm. so what's the update on this? 
so this is the thing that, that's, that I find I find um, very interesting, but also informative because people need to understand that um, if you ever need to learn a lesson, if it's about the, the the journey, not the destination, this is the topic because there's very rarely any payout, right? <laughs> the story is usually the fun part because essentially it's been a couple years later and. Um, fundamentally, no one has any clue what happened. Um, the best guess that has been given is that um, he had um, that, that something happened to him while skiing in New York that um, resulted in a brain injury that resulted in amnesia for five days and the ability to get himself to Sacramento. Uh, and it appears that his wife accepted this and he's back home. But um, they're basically saying it was um, a, a combination of retrograde amnesia with memory loss events related to the blow to a head. I mean, and, and the thing is, is it, okay, five days. Could you get from New York to Sacramento in five days? Absolutely, right? But you'd be hitchhiking. So it seems like it wouldn't be hard to find somebody that's seen your face. Well, You're going to show up in, in all sorts of cameras. Well, I, I don't know. This one, this is a really interesting I one. Think I, my, my point is, I think there's evidence to support what you originally said, as crazy as what you said was. Well, you know what? Here's the other thing about this case that a lot of people don't understand. He was still dressed in his ski suit in California mm. and ski mm -hmm. boots. He had no other mm -hmm. clothing. He had mm -hmm. no other dress other than his ski suit. Hopefully, and, they were good, like like squishy boots, not really rigid ones, right? Oh, who knows? Who knows? But I, I'm still, I, I'm not saying it was a portal that shoved him there because look, in five days, you with a truck driver when they're hauling butt, driving their maximum thirteen hours a day or whatever they're mm -hmm. allowed to drive, you can get across country. All right. Yep, you could. And if somebody picked him up at the mountain and drove him someplace to a truck stop and wherever, I mean, we'll never know. Uh, obviously, there's some sort of amnesia or. It, but it would have been a shorter ride for him to drive home. Canada. Well, <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. We don't know. And they usually frown on it when you Canadians come down here and then just don't leave. Right, they usually want to know how many days you're going to stay, and you know when you're going to go home. You guys ask the same thing about us. I agree, I fully agree. But it's one of those weird stories that we will never really know. And uh, but it's a good one. Finally, tonight you got a little bit about Brian Bender. Is this the same uh, that Bob McGuire was talking about a little bit earlier? Yeah, and. Yeah, and and I, I was trying I was trying to get together a proper differential between the two documents because I was able to find um, a, a three hits for the document um, late last evening, uh, two last evening, and one earlier today on the Wayback Machine. So um, I believe I'm going to be able to recover the original article. And um, and then I'll be able to do a proper differential. But essentially, what it comes down to is uh, there was this, um, you know, it's still a very good article by Brian Brender, um, came out in Politico. And um, essentially, what is being reported um, and was reported um, to me for the first time on, on your show not too long ago, um, which I believe it was Bob McGuire who said it, if I remember correctly, um, that um, essentially uh, the original version of his article that was out this morning. 
um, is gone, and it's been replaced with a a a um, much tempered down, much defanged, much detoothed, declawed sort of vanilla pudding sort of version, and no explanation for why that occurred. Well, I'm sure Bender would have had his kind of creepy. Yeah, I'm sure Bender would have had his hand slapped on something along those, you know, along those lines. But did you read the original article? I never got a chance to. Yes, I didn't either, but I, I can't imagine it was that it was that aggressive. I mean, it's Brian Bender. I mean, come on. I, I don't know. It just seems weird to me. To, to me, what it sounds like, it sounds like he bumbled onto something. Could be. He bumbled onto something and he didn't even know it, and and they freaked out. Could or or his management freaked out? Who knows? I'm sure the editors may out. have got a phone call and said, "You may want to tone this down a little bit so we don't get into trouble." A, a lot of t- yeah, but a lot of times what happens is all of a sudden the lawyers take another read at it and they say, uh, "We may want to eliminate." Paragraph two, paragraph four, paragraph nine. All right, we may be in trouble there. And that's otherwise, we're going to have to redefine the scope of exposure. Exactly, <laughs> Fedora John. Thank you for another great outpouring of the unbiased UFO report. We'll talk to you very soon. Thank you, thank you. All right, Fedora John Hudson. There, everyone. It's time for Shirky Poo's news. What time is it? It's time for Shirky Poo's News! That's right. You know when Shirky Poo's theme music comes on, we mean some serious stuff. We're going to start off over in the United Kingdom, where a paranormal investigator was stalked by a violent ghost for over a year and has now explained how it latched onto her. And it left her fearing for her life. Debbie McCall first became aware of her psychic senses as a child, began to have visitations in her 20s of faceless people looking for help. Well, curated into a ghost hunting career, at first this spirit would taunt her by moving items around, but eventually became more aggressive, even shoving her down the stairs. She said this spirit just wouldn't go away. The haunting got so particularly bad, and it was poltergeist haunting, a spirit that causes physical disturbances, so objects would be moved, things would be flying around, and I even got attacked, she said. I was pushed down the stairs and dragged by my ankles. That's happened four or five times, and one time it was even witnessed by a friend who ran out of the house. She added, I was literally stalked for over a year. The spirit was a little bit taller than I, around five foot seven inches and quite wide. There was a weight to him, which is funny to say about a spirit was absolutely terrified. I had no idea how to deal with it. At the time, I couldn't see him, but I could feel him. Now, the former office worker first went to a church looking to help banish him, but to no avail, so she turned to a medium who told her she needed to let go of any negative energy that was keeping the spirit attached to her. Reflecting on the difficult time, Debbie has confessed she thought she was going completely mad as the spirit started taunting her at work and around friends. Fortunately, she got rid of the spirit around 2013, but there was no turning back as she now goes for more ghosties. Let's just hope this young lady turns to figuring out how to protect herself on a ghost event. A teacher who moved into a house in Liverpool was taken aback to discover a rag doll sealed into one of the walls with a note claiming the doll had killed 
the previous owners. Oh my. Jonathan Lewis said he was doing repairs to the old house, and he had just bought it when he broke through a wall with a hammer to get a closer look at an electrical outlet. Instead, he discovered an old child's toy, a rag doll with wool braids, sitting staring at him through the hole in the wall. Oh, there's nothing freaky about that. The doll had a menacing note tucked under in its fabric little arm. Lewis held the note and read it with a grim message. Thank you for freeing me. My name is Emily. My original owners lived in this house in 1961. I didn't like them, so they had to go. All they did was sing and be merry. It was sickening. Stabbing was my choice of death for them, so I hope you have knives. Hope you sleep well. Despite the date of the note, Lewis is quite sure the doll was put inside the wall during a kitchen renovation that happened four or five years ago, a building detail the real estate agent provided. He was said that the paper the note was written on doesn't look particularly aged well, and he finds the incident rather amusing. He says, I'll be honest, I found the whole thing hilarious. I'd probably do the exact same thing. His friend's response was to tell him to put the house back on the market and flee at once. And finally tonight, an Ontario woman is offering $200 reward for the return of an unusual stolen piece of property, a 125-pound polar bear statue. Nancy Allen of London said her house is well known for the concrete polar bear statues that have adorned her garden for more than 30 years, but she discovered last week that one of them was missing. She provided a Facebook on so, a picture on Facebook and the rest of social media, hoping for its return. She goes, I just don't understand why someone would steal it. I don't get it. I just want it back. We want to say thank you to Shirky Poo for the amazing news coverage in Shirky Poo's News. Thank you to Big Bad John, the fedora-wearing wonder for the unbiased UFO report, our good friend the Swamp Dweller for hanging on out with us and telling us another couple spooky stories. You can find him at youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. And of or excuse me, of course, to our panel tonight, Dr. Bob McGuire, Michael Huntington, Bruce Claggett, Victor Vigiani, and Tom Whitmore regarding the panel for the U.S. Congress pre-hearings. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocket us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAM, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. 
Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them too. Good night. Summer is right around the corner, and you know what that means. Cooking out, diving in, and soaking up a whole lot of sunshine. The Home Depot has everything you need to start your summer right. Upgrade your cookout game with Traeger grills and smokers. Then gather around a new Hampton Bay patio set with family and friends. It feels like Memorial Day at the Home Depot with savings on summer fun. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.